Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everybody, I'm Gene Simmons and you're not and you are listening to the number one KISS podcast Shout It Out Loudcast with Tom and Zeus but you knew that now get out of here Oh boy Here we go Boy Down, kiss. Stop pressing the button. Star, Simmons. Star. Stop shouting. He's not what you would call a handsome man. Oh no, here come the kiss cards. Is that a positive thing? Okay. All right. I'm gonna grab me a nice cold mellow. Why? Why do that to the fan? Stop it. Why? Six one seven five two five. You do? Hey, fucko! Do you like kiss? Settle down. Hello. Hey, what's up there, Kiss Army? Tom and Zeus with another episode of Shout It Out Loudcast, episode two thirty. Bob Kulik and Kiss with Bruce Kulik. Wow. Hey, guys. <laughs> oh, come on. We oh, love Bruce. We got what? Bruce already. To oh, Bruce, show. Bruce just jumped right in. Hey, guys. Bruce Kulik. Talking about some of the songs my brother Bob did. Wow. I'm a what legend a, tonight. What Break a playlist. Guitar. What a playlist. No, we love Bruce. Bruce, oh. knows we, Bruce knows we tease him with that. But, yeah, what a what a friggin' fantastic episode we have for you guys this is just oh my goodness these are the episodes where we get like super excited yes um i will get more detail into it but you guys cannot wait to hear this you guys are gonna love it yeah i'm telling you yep anyway tom life is good over here i hope life is good for you we are uh entering uh summer months summertime my kid is out of school your kid is home from first year in college that's right. And uh no you complaints, just, right? You you just turned 50. I turned 50 in less than a month. Oh, yes. Thank you, buddy. I want to thank everybody out there for all the birthday wishes, yep. kind words. I want to thank Hall of Famer, shout it out loud, cast Hall of Famer. Once again, Jim Riley. Yep. Who uh got a cameo for us. Well, for me, from our good friend Todd Kearns. And uh, Todd wished me a happy birthday. He was wearing his Vegas Golden Knights Stanley Cup t-shirt, yep. uh, which, you know what? I love it. 
Bruce uh, Cassidy, the coach, lived uh, in Arlington, coach of the Boston Bruins. So there's a couple Bruins connections there. I'm happy Vegas won. Good for them. Uh, good organization. And uh, what a what a thoughtful gesture. Uh, uh, Jim Riley, you are the best. Uh, Todd, thank you so much. Uh, love the kind words. And we'll get together. And at one point I said to Tom, you know, I, I could have just texted Todd, but that's all right. It was such an awesome gesture. That's how that's how Jim's in the Hall of Fame. That's a Hall of Fame move right there. Well, I think it's him and uh, was it uh, Lisa Sparks and uh, Peter North and the other people that he purchased? Well, this one was a little bit better. Yeah, he went clean for your birthday. So yes, yes, yes very nice. Much appreciated. Much yep. appreciated to everybody out there with the kind words and stuff. And we got somebody else coming up with the fiftieth. I might just let you guys know about this. We're Tom and I are trying to figure out. We uh, we're gonna do a, a mutual possible birthday celebration. Yep. Um, I'll be going on a little field trip to Greece for a couple of weeks coming up at the end of July and August when I get back. Uh, we're thinking about doing something together. And if we do, when we celebrate it, we are going to open it up, invite anybody who wants to come up from the Loudcasters. You got to come up towards the Boston area, though, and uh, come join us in a celebration of 50 years for Tom and I. And let's have some fun. Yeah, that would be insane. Yes. Stay tuned for that. There'll be more information as yeah, exactly. as, deta- as details get a little bit more uh, put together for us. So, yeah. yeah. Now, what we always do is we always look back to last week's episode. And last week we had a discussion about uh, Ultimate Classic Rock's article that they posted about the 10 weirdest Kiss songs. And, of course, we did a poll. And Tom's going to tell us all about it. Yep. So we took four of the songs from the article and put them in a poll. Which do you think is the weirdest? Uh, This was arguably our closest poll we've ever had, I think, in all the episodes of uh, Shout Out Loudcast. So the options were Great Expectations, Going Blind, When You Wish Upon a Star, and Just a Boy. Just a Boy wins the poll with 28%. When You Wish Upon a Star at 27%. Great Expectations at 23%. And Going Blind at 22%. So uh, wow. it looks, yeah, incredible. It looks like nobody could really decide what's going on. Let's see a couple comments here. Party Man says, Great Expectations was really strange as an eight, nine-year-old that had started with Alive, Alive 2, and Dynasty. Looking back now, they were way ahead of that symphony thing before bands started to do it. Good point. Robert Marr says, if it's covered by the Melvins, you know it's weird. Going blind. <laughs> yep. Derek Rolando, I love going blind. But I was also 12 years old trying to understand what these songs meant when I first heard them on my cassette Walkman. And this one evoked all kinds of weird thoughts. Yeah, I I, I think you are right there, Derek. Uh, let's see what we got for the episode here itself. Oh, Brad Baird, one of our buddies and Patreons, of course, puts a gift together of the little drummer boy with all the animals. <laughs> Go to him. Go to him. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, our buddy Wally Vidal my pick for weirdest kiss song is is that you a song that's not technically a cover but written by someone outside the kiss camp hmm interesting and then we got one more here from Aggie Dad and Tiger Grad great episode but let's call out the highlight Jan Terry what in the Sony Betamax mullet wearing Fonzie jacket wearing limo riding third grade production piece of mess 
that I just discovered. <laughs> and she has a documentary too. And he found this incredible piece of art with Jan Terry doing the devil horns, holding the guitar. Oh my God. <laughs> awesome. Love it. That, Love it. That Jan Terry video is, uh, it's, it's amazing. Social media legacy out there. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I told her, I told somebody, I think we can probably get a cameo. We just have to figure out what bridge he's living under before we can get it to record it. So <laughs> I, I love the comments under her YouTube videos. One, oh. oh, her rocking it out in such a beautiful scene, especially love the sewer pipe that's behind her in that river. Oh, nothing. She's at. I mean, when you're trying to turn somebody on, you, you, Jan Terry in a sewer pipe. Oof. <laughs> yes. Oof. Yes. And that's Twitter. Thank you. Over on our book of face. Kevon Japson. Giggity, 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 giggity. Oh, God. Here we go. I love that we got fish discussions two weeks in a row. You fuckers kill me. Oh, boy. Jason Warden doesn't like the fact that my way was on that list. Okay, first of all, my way is nowhere near weird. It's Paul preaching the gospel of believing in yourself which I appreciated as a teenager in 88, going through some teenage angst. Has aged well? No, but it will always have a special meaning to me. Joey Romanik, America's favorite realtor. Mm-hmm. Am I the only one that doesn't hate great expectations? Well, I don't hate it. It's just, nah, it's just not something that I want to listen to. Ryan Michael Kulik Lane, Simmons Tweed, Courtney Cronin Dold, Michael <laughs> Scott, Spencer Cook. I agree, there isn't really any weird kiss songs, but maybe 50% of the elder would qualify. Great Pearl Jam reference and even greater Jan Terry reference. Oh, really God. funny episode. I ordered some new shirts. Oh, cool. Excellent. Shoutoutloudcast.com. You can go and get all your Shout Out Loudcast merch. Go there. To our website. That's right. By the way, as we speak right now during this recording, we're getting text messages from our buddies Jeff Trot and Gary Cap on their way to quarantine. Wednesday, June 29th, 4.49 p.m. Eastern time. These guys are road tripping to the show. As we tell them earlier in a text to PJ and Chris, hey, good luck on the show, guys. Kick ass. Sorry we missed it. What was Jericho's response? Oh, you're too cheap to go. I know. Geez, you know, having a having a fucking real job sucks. <laughs> On a Thursday, I don't have a fourteen year old kid here. <laughs> I, hey, boss, I was wondering if I could. Uh, I, I got to leave early and head to uh, Ohio, so I won't be in tomorrow. Is everything okay? Yeah, I just got to go see this '80s Kiss tribute band with this wrestling guy, J- Chris Jericho. That's not a problem, right? <laughs> <laughs> should have rolled back oh we're getting this version of chris all right i'll oh. leave you be <laughs> god bless them those guys rock you guys oh, are gonna have an awesome time at the show i'm telling you i know it's gonna we, be as we talked about them last a couple episodes ago chris and the gang they they probably have something up their sleeve you guys are gonna fucking love it yeah it's gonna be fun all right uh adam nirenberg Hey, guys, just listen to the episode. I think Ultimate Classic Rock wasn't listening hard enough to the catalog. Although weird is subjective, there are Kiss songs with unusual elements in them. And spoiler alert, quite a few on Carnival of Souls. But Mm -hmm. nevertheless, my list would include It Never Goes Away. Although Mm -hmm. this is my favorite Kiss song, it has psychedelic elements, Black Sabbath elements, and is not your typical 
four to the floor rocker. Seduction of the innocent. Kiss goes Middle Eastern type sound. Uh, going blind. This is Gene doing the theme from Imaginary Western by Jack Bruce. All hell's breaking loose. Kiss does rap. Mm-hmm. Love theme from Kiss. Acrobat. Pure instrumental. The only other instrumentals catalog. Escape from the island. And if you want to count fanfare. Uh, the Japanese one you couldn't pronounce is Samurai Son. Uh, but there's the other one that they did. Uh, once again, thanks for making my Saturday mornings more enjoyable. Look forward to every episode. Thanks, Adam. Appreciate mm, that. Nice. Over on our loud casters group, Tom, our buddy Cameron Holiday mentions, I'm surprised don't touch my ascot from Rock and Roll Mystery wasn't included. It's <laughs> odd, but good. Nice. Yeah. Our uh, over on our Instagram page, uh, Tom, uh, our writer extraordinaire, James Campion. Yeah, James. Show, working on that Prince awesome book, guy. too. Yes. He's working on a Prince book. Yes. yes that's true. Be he awesome. had the Beatles book just come out. Yep. And obviously, he is the author of that awesome book about Destroyer. Yes. Uh, he loves that photo that you put up, Tom, that you found for us. With uh with Kiss in the in the choir. Oh yeah, yeah. And you just wrote, I love that photo. Yep. Um, it is kind of legendary out there. Now over to our YouTube page, Mr. Antonio, hot off the presses, Ace Fraley and Jan Terry are joining forces. Oof. They're in the studio right now. Doing a cover of the Stevie Wonder hit, I just called to say I love you. Oh my god. Hey, uh, I just called to say I love you. Me too, Ace. It's funny, we kind of sound similar. <laughs> oh, gee, and uh, I was wondering if you have any mellow yellow, because I ran out when I went out to go buy a box of cashews. I couldn't find any mellow yellow, so I ended up just having a couple slices of roni. For a hot chick, Jen. I like that sewer pipe may come in handy for me later. Hey, Jan, while you're singing this song, do you mind if I take a nap near the sewer pipe? Just make sure I don't fall in. I need Gene to come rescue me if I fall into the water again. (laughs) Oh, God. Our buddy Joe Morris, who we met at the Gene Simmons event, Tom. Yeah. What episode, boys? Joe and Audra are listening. Yeah, Joe and Audra. Love those guys. Woo. Uh, and he also mentions, what about Freak, Tom? Oh, I know. <laughs> I think I did chime in on that lyrically. It's kind of weird, just kind of being like a little whiny. Bleh. Song's awful. Ugh. About the funk wrote, fish alive, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, All right, God. Tom, back to you. All right, let's blow through a couple emails here. Uh, We got one from Mike H. That's actually interesting. He brings up a good point that very weirdly I agree with. And it's funny that he kind of thought of this. He says, I've always thought about Thrills in the Night was the weirdest song in their catalog for the reason that the verses don't match the music until the chorus hits. It always caused me anxiety listening to that song because it sounds like two songs at the same time until the chorus comes in to level everything out. Other songs may be subjectively weird, but this one is the weirdest. Mike, I totally agree. That's why I don't like Thrills in the Night. The verses are so weird. Then the chorus comes in. It's. I'm glad you pointed that out because I'm glad somebody agrees with me. That's why I do not like that song. It's. It doesn't sound right. 
Well, it seems like the uh, verse is like he's almost talking and telling a story. Yeah, but even the, but even musically, it's kind of like a yeah, it's weird. Like yeah, I like the song. I think it's yeah, it's all right. Steve Huvane, fellow Patreon. 1993, I got the Melvin's Houdini album and heard their version of Going Blind. My Kiss fandom had waned during my high school and college years, and honestly, I didn't remember ever hearing the Kiss version. But this version reignited my passion for 70s Kiss conveniently just before Unplugged in the reunion tour in 96. And it's one of my favorite Kiss songs, even though I agree the lyrics are stupid. I actually met Buzz from the Melvin's and got to tell him how important that song was to me, and he was stoked since he's a huge Kiss fan. Fast forward to 2021, and my passion for Kiss was at another low point, And I heard you guys for the first time on your episode when you reviewed Killers. Not only did I not know Killers had original songs, but your show continued to open my eyes to 80s Kiss that I really had never considered to be legitimate. And now I think I may like 80s Kiss more than 70s Kiss. P.S. I like my way too. P.P.S. Fish. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Hold on. (laughs) <laughs> it's so dumb. Uh God. We got a, a great email from our buddy uh, Alex AJ White up in New Hampshire, fellow Patreon. Uh, we got another good one here from James Thompson uh, chiming in about trying to defend my way, saying it's far from a weird song. Agree with that. Uh, and then we finish up our emails here with a buddy, Scott Greer. Hello, Tom and birthday boy. Good episode on the weird kiss songs. I pulled a muscle in my back yesterday working on my boat, and I should have known better than to listen to your new episode. The sounds made during the conversation about Japan made me laugh out loud, causing shooting pain in my back. So fuck you for making me laugh. (laughs) My question isn't kiss related per se, but about your show. In the intro, you guys give out part of a phone number. What the heck is the story on that? (laughs) Thanks for the constant entertainment and laughs. Have you ever tried mellow yellow in cold gin <laughs> asking for a friend, Scott? Well, first of all, Scott, uh, thank you for listening to us while hurting yourself and cleaning your boat. Uh, we appreciate that. We appreciate the mellow yellow reference. And no, I will never drink mellow yellow in cold gin. And we will get to your question in a second. But first, we want to say that you are the comment of the week. Because anytime we can imagine somebody cleaning their boat and hurting themselves just makes us laugh. Good answer. Good answer. I like the way you think. I'm going to be watching you. <laughs> so, Zeus, anything to say about that phone number that we uh, read a little bit in the beginning? All right. So uh, we've told that story before, but, you know, it's probably a long time ago. Sometimes new listeners jump in in different part of the elevator on the floors, as Paul Stanley likes to say. Uh, we listened to sports radio in Boston. There was a guy named Ted Sarandis, some old kind of curmudgeon guy with old fashioned ball things. Yep. And, um, like sometimes you could tell he wasn't paying attention. So people would be like, you know, after the Red Sox won the world series, finally, since 1918, they used to joke. So people would call him and be like, you know, Ted, this is the greatest moment. Um, I took a championship shirt and brought it to my dad's grave. He was a lifelong Red Sox fan. This championship means more than just sports to me. It's a celebration, me and my my father. And I put the hat there and I put a shirt there. And it's just really emotional. 617-775-0850. 
he would like not comment. He would just go read off the call number. So the guy must have been like, what the fuck? So 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 it became part of our show because there would be moments (laughs) where I would say something to Zeus or Zeus would say something to me. And it would just be like like this awkward silence, like this unexpected. And we all of a sudden were just like. 617 six, 085 <laughs> 0850 whatever it was. <laughs> that was, that was it. we shouldn't laugh at the poor guy's story, but fucking blew over it. It but it wasn't even just something like serious and emotional. Be like, uh, hey Teddy, you know, uh, great Patriots game. I think if they can really focus on that run game, I think they might have a chance at the playoffs. Six one seven. It's like, it's, and, and there's other things. You, the guy was a, f- a funny character. He had some quirks about him. But anyway, you, that's the you story waited on that. hold for 20 minutes to make that joke. <laughs> Anyways, but, but Scott, that's that's it, buddy. So hope you get a kick out of that. Yeah. So, anyways, guys, what we do next is we give a shout out to our Patreon family. Patreon is where people come on and support the show. And they get some perks back and from us. And Tom, like a broken record, we keep breaking our own record. Incredible. We had another three members join. Unbelievable. Since our last episode. That's yep. insane. Yep. Let's welcome Mike Throne, Trent Bally, and Joseph Collins all joining as Spaceman members. Um, Thank you, guys. We really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, last couple uh, weeks, uh, a lot of you guys have been joining. It helps the show. Honestly, if you like what you hear, uh, you want us to continue, you want us to continue to grow, uh, you want to support us, the best way to do it is go on and become a Patreon member. You go to our website, go to it at shoutitoutloudcast.com right on the landing page is a there's a button there click on patreon you click on that uh you look at the four tiers that we have obviously named after the characters in the band catman spaceman star child and demon and you find a tier that you you know fits your needs and what you want to do you guys get involvement in the show there's merch there's video chats that we do there's uh, DMs. There's a, a family of Patreon members. And uh, now this is always our favorite time for Patreon because we are selecting the new Patreon pick for album review crew. Mm-hmm. And the conversations in there are hilarious. Oh, my God. Absolutely hilarious. Yep. And it's all in the Patreon family. We can't thank you guys enough. And again, if you want to help us out, Patreon. You go to our website, shoutoutloudcast.com, click on Patreon, or you can go to the app, Patreon, or you can go to patreon.com. You just search in creators, shout out loudcast will come up and uh, hopefully you'll join and become part of the family. Thank you again to Mike, Trent, and Joseph. Yeah, uh, amazing. This is incredible. The support we're getting from you guys on a consistent basis. We cannot thank you enough. Joseph, Trent, and Mike, thank you guys so much for joining the family and to everybody else that's part of the family. Uh, tons of great stuff. Again, picking the ARC album, getting some sneak peeks at the at the episodes, uh, you know, voting on Flashback Friday things that we try to post and just just a, a family chat that we have on on the app or on the website, whatever you're choosing to access Patreon. It's it's a great time. So please check it out and uh and join the family. We appreciate it very much. 
Tom, what we do next is we hop over to Kiss World. But before we go to Kiss World, uh, I want to read something that it's an event that's going on. Uh, it's from one of our great listeners, Brandon Stout. Mm-hmm. And it's about Changing Hands Bookstore in Arizona. And we've yes. mentioned them before in the past. Yes, we have. So let's do a quick shout out to our friends at Changing Hands Bookstore in Arizona who reached out to us to let us know that they're hosting an event that might and should be interest to our listeners. Turns out that uh, a ton of rock stars over the years, including all four original members of KISS, as part of their book tours, have gone to Changing Hands Bookstore in Arizona. Nice. Well, now they're bringing in Songwriter Hall of Fame inductee Holly Knight to their Mm -hmm. Tempe store. So she'll be there Thursday, July 13th, with her book, I Am the Warrior, My Crazy Life, Writing the Hits and Rocking the MTV 80s. Uh, both Tom and I have the book. It's fan fucking tastic. A oh, lot yes. of kiss stuff in there, guys. Just so yep. to let you know. Yep. Um. So if you listen to the podcast, you probably know uh, Knight's history with Kiss goes way back to the late seventies when Anton Fig played drums in her band Spider. Knight also played keyboards on Unmasked. Dated Paul Stanley went on to write a number of songs for the band, including "Hide Your Heart," "Raise Your Glasses," "I Pledge Allegiance to the State of Rock and Roll." Tom. Hmm. One of the best songs ever written. <laughs> She also wrote mega hits for Tina Turner, Pat Benatar, Patti Smythe, and co-wrote songs like Ragdoll from Aerosmith, Stick to Your Guns with Bon Jovi, and Obsession with the great Michael DeBar. Mm-hmm. So if you're in the Phoenix area, don't miss the promotion to have a fun t- event at Changing Hands Bookstore. You can listen to Holly talk about the book, ask her some questions, get your book signed, take a photo with her. Again, the event is 7 p.m. Thursday, July 13th, at Changing Hands Bookstore in Tempe, Arizona. You can go to changinghands, just as it sounds, dot com. That's changinghands.com for more information. Nice. Excellent. Now, Tom, what about, what's going on in Kiss World? <clears throat> well, they're still touring right now. As we speak, they were going to be playing in Tuscany, Italy. What do we know about Tuscany? Don't try to rent anything. There's nothing available. There's nothing available there. There's nothing available. You're trying to tell me that there's nothing? I can't get an outhouse there? Nothing. Um, But there is a little bit of kind of sensational kind of clickbait style. Repetitive shit. Yeah. Headline on Blabbermouth. Gene Simmons says both Ace Frehley and Peter Chris turned down invitations to perform at Kiss's final concert. In a recent interview with Barbara Caserta of Linnea Rock, I don't know what that is, but God bless them. Gene Simmons was asked about the possibility of original Kiss members Ace Frehley and Peter Chris making guest appearances at the band's last ever concert in early December at Madison Square Garden in New York City, which we will be at. He responded, quote, for the for the fans, the older, older fans, the ones who've been around for 50 years, they're old and some of them want to see Ace and Peter. The newer fans never saw them and they don't know. But the older fans wonder about Ace and Peter. Well, I asked both Ace and Peter a few times, do you want to come out for the encores? Do you want to do some shows? And they both said no. So I don't know what to say about that, but it's always welcome. But there are many other big stars, superstars who want to jump on stage and play a song, but we're not sure about that. Maybe the best thing to do is to end the way we started. Four guys with guitars, no keyboards, no synthesizers, nothing, just playing. Mm, Zeus. All right. Um, you know, the obvious question is 
buddy, just because you asked them doesn't mean they're going to go up there and play for free. What did you offer them? Of did course. you offer them something fair? Exactly. Or did you just say, come on up? And then like, are we going to get paid? Uh, all right, we'll give you a couple hundred bucks. Like, what did you offer them? Well, the so, other thing I would the other thing I would have liked a follow up question. Many other big stars who want to jump on stage and play a song. Who? 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 Who are these people? I want to jump if they had their way, like David Grohl and things like that. Paul, you know Paul. Okay, he wants, the, he wants the name drop that shit. And then how about this quote? No keyboards, no synthesizers, nothing. Just playing. When? 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 Are the, when is Kiss using keyboards and synthesizers on the end of the road? It's tour? a deflection. It's a red herring. Yeah, no one's accused you of that. What exactly. You of is pulling backing tracks and balls right. singing live. What is that? No, other than Beth, what keyboards are you using? That's a weird comment. Dude. Whatever, whatever. I know. I know. It's I the know. same repetitive kind of I stuff. Know. We I don't know. even want to get into. I know. Uh, but other than that, again, it's kind of quiet. Um, they, they just they're rolling along. They're in Europe right now, and that's about it. Yeah, uh, I think Ace is starting to tour again. He's coming back out. He forgets. He doesn't know. What? Back on tour? Oh, oh I, I didn't thought, know. I, I thought Jen, Terry, and I were doing the Bad Boys tour. <laughs> Don't forget, Ace Frehley is going to be almost in my backyard soon. Yeah. I mean, uh, if I let him, he'll probably sleep in my backyard. But <laughs> Hey, Tom, push over. I couldn't <laughs> find a, a cheap hotel. Do you mind if I crash here? Tom, that shed looks pretty good, but that mow is in the way. You mind just popping that aside? <laughs> Hey, can you take my socks off? These bunions are killing me. Hey, Tom, I, I know you got a little puppy, but his uh, dog bed looks kind of cozy. <laughs> hey, Tom, what's that song I used to play for Kiss that ended concerts? Rock and roll all night? Oh, yeah. Do you remember how it goes? I, I think I want to play it for my show coming up. Since I've been doing a lot of Zeppelin tunes, you know, with my fantastic singing voice. And lastly, in Kiss News, um, you're going to hear the episode. Bruce drops a lot of news. Yes. So all we'll say to you is please go to BruceKulik.com yeah. and you'll hear all about it. Or go to his YouTube page just, and you'll find out a lot of good news that Bruce has got coming up. Uh, and he's going to break some in this interview coming up. Yeah, he drops a couple teasers. Uh, he, he even says that he wanted to kind of use our show as a platform to to break some of this kind of exciting Bruce Kulik news. So, I mean, we were honored to have him and to have him do that as well. Yeah. So uh, before we do, I need one of you guys to help me lift Ace out of Tom's shed because Tom's got to cut his grass. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. 
with Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, we're back. But there was another problem after we helped Ace. He did end up getting stuck in Jan Terry's uh, sewer pipe there. So he's, he's just having troubles all over the place. He can't, he can't, he can't get up. Oh, fuck. I'm going to lose one of my favorite socks. Ace, you can get rubber ducky socks anywhere. Well, um, to say we've come a long way, Tom, uh, yes. would be an understatement. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to build this up too much. I do. But uh, <laughs> Bruce and uh, uh, us have been talking about doing this episode about the late great Bob Kulik for quite some time. Yeah, uh, it's been in the works. We're waiting for the right time, and Bruce obviously knows the right time. And uh, we have a chance to do this and have this incredible conversation with incredible detail facts analysis you name it bruce does it probably the greatest conversation we've ever had on this show and we've had some great ones Mm -hmm. about kiss music this is a conversation all about the late great bob kulik his contributions with kiss with the great Bruce Kulik. All right, we're back here with one of our favorite guests returning, and he's flying solo tonight. Uh, he does not need any introduction, but of course, we're going to give him one. One of our favorites, one of your favorites, the great, the one and only Bruce Kulik is in the house. Bruce, what's up, buddy? Hey, here we are. We made it work, right? We made That's it work. Better. We made it work. I love it. Yes. I love it. How you doing, buddy? I'm great. I I have to admit that it's been a, a still a very hectic and busy year. And j- just in the course of today, besides all the madness of trying to improve my beautiful home in Las Vegas, <laughs> meaning a you know the tree, tree trimming, okay, which has to happen <laughs> twice a year. Yes. Those palm, you know, I own palm trees. It's kind of weird, you know, yeah, but it's yeah, exciting. Yeah. 
And then to have my handyman come over to go like, you know, it's going to be 110 this weekend. Can we, yeah, I can see through the door up there. Can we take care of something there? You know what I mean? Doing stuff yeah, like that. Of course. And then actually working today with the MVP, Tom Curran, Todd Currents, you know. Oh, awesome. Yeah, we were looking at some music. So I'm looking at doing uh, another solo record employing Whoa. as much as I can and incorporating those guys. Okay, Awesome. Oh, that's um, great. That's great news. So, it's it's exciting. And uh, he was excited with a couple of the new ideas. We still had some stuff in the can from uh, the pandemic, too. But we'll, yep. we'll take it one step at a time. <clears throat> Excuse me. So hopefully by 24, I could say they could be like a BK4 kind of record. Oh, know, yes. Oh, that's cool great that? news. That yep. is great news, Bruce. That's a nice surprise. Awesome. Sure. Great. Yeah, I figured I'd spring it on you guys, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah hey, we you. love it. We love it. Thank you. That's Good. great. Uh, anybody that you're always, you know, performing with, we've seen, we've been fortunate enough to see you on the cruises, Creatures Fest, and uh, performing with Gene again in Las Vegas recently. It's always top notch with you Thank and your you. band. And yep. It's just <laughs> off the charts. You know how much the Kiss fans love it and, yep. and think of you. And uh, it, it's funny. Uh, earlier today, I was talking to Tom. Uh, I just celebrated my 50th birthday, Bruce. And uh, yeah. And one of our Patreon subscribers and oh, a shouting out loudcast hall of famer. Okay. Got me a cameo from Todd Kearns. Oh, and, wow. Cool. And Todd wished me a happy 50th birthday. Of course he had his Vegas golden Knights Stanley cup yep. shirt on. And it's just a funny coincidence. I just saw it right yep. before we came Wonderful. on. And there's our buddy Todd. And, and he like, could have booked me, this guy, but I was probably <laughs> too expensive. <laughs> I think he's already booked you for us. He think he oh, already okay. did one for us. Recently. Oh, okay, he did one. I think okay, he cool. did one last year for us. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, we have Todd's number. We could have just called him. Yeah, something. I know. No, but it's all good. Special about it an is. actual official Zoom. It and is. let me tell you, while we're on that, I mean, it's not Zoom. I'm sorry, a cameo. Cameo. What's amazing is. During the pandemic, it was so popular. I yes. could not believe how often I got booked. I was so blessed. I loved it. I played. I chatted. I'd go on. You know, I, I'd give I give them their money's worth. I know that. But then a guy wanted to gift me uh, like a famous uh, a hockey player here. He was not that interesting. You know, he didn't know me. He didn't say my name right. You know, yeah. but I was still like, oh, cool. This is cool. But the one that really blew me away completely was a, a guy that I became close with over the pandemic book meatloaf to, oh. to, to give me a cameo. Oh, wow. And that he spoke for 45 minutes. It was, you know, probably wow. three months or so after maybe a little longer after my brother passed away. Oh, so wow. he was reflecting Now you know, you're not communicating like we are in a cameo, yeah, yeah, yeah. but still he told story after story mm. and it was fabulous. And I saved it and I love it. And there was one other really cool one. I'm a, I'm a little bit of a Star Trek nerd. And, oh, yes. Um, yep, Discovery, yep. Discovery, that show, they seem to be on hiatus now. And they got that guy, Saru, the one that wears a crazy, you know, he looks like a crazy alien. Anyway, <laughs> I, I'm forgetting his name. It's a real simple name. Maybe Lisa could help me out. What's his name, Lisa? You know, Saru, you know, the uh, the actor. Anyway, he gave me one. And I swear to God, just like a Chris Jericho, he's a Kiss fan. You know what nice. I mean? So he, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. He was so excited to give me a cameo, and I'm freaking out that he's chatting to me. Oh, you know, that's great. I mean? and again, it's during COVID, so they were kind of, you know, iffy about when they were going to film again and when they were going to pick it up. You know, mm -hmm. and I, he's a great character. He actually was in that movie, um, 
the water one where he plays uh, like the creature from the the Black Lagoon. I forget the 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 meaning of water. Is his I, name I, Doug I, Jones? I, yes, Doug Jones. That's it. I thought that was a simple name. That's him. And he was a huge Kiss fan. It was wonderful. You know. Wow, that's very. Cool. Anyway, cameos are really special for people. Yes. So so is this podcast. This is special. You know. Oh, thank you, Bruce. Wow. You, know, you guys, really you guys. I always was fascinated with you guys, and the more. I've been more involved with Kiss stuff that you could cover, the the more enjoyable it became for me, obviously. So uh, thank oh. you guys for what you do. I think the fans love it. Thank you, Bruce. In Much between our stupid humor, yeah, uh, there's some Kiss talk in there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Just a little. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, one of the things we talk about is uh, with you, Bruce, is we wanted to do something as a kind of a, we do these uh, band member episodes, and we've done one on you. Where we just go through your, you know, your career a little bit, personal life, and talk about it. We've done some. Uh, we did one Eric Singer. We did one mm-hmm. on Peter Chris. We've done a few. Well, one of them is a kiss kind of a family member, and that is your brother Bob. So we wanted yep. to do an episode about his involvement in Kiss, his songs. We came up with a list of about eighteen songs, and what better way to talk about Bob's Kiss involvement than mm-hmm. have legendary Bruce Kulick on? to discuss it and um you were kind enough to accept this we finally got to a point where the schedules made sense and can't thank you enough for joining us to do this discussion uh because me personally i'm a big bob fan especially his kiss work uh i praise it all the time uh i i find uh i that it's very underrated the songs that he performed on mm-hmm. and i would love to get your thoughts specifically on these songs and kind of let's do a little bit of a rundown of bob's involvement in kiss yep no this is a great topic the timing is wonderful actually because just recently <clears throat> excuse me uh, my allergies in Vegas are terrible, but okay. with uh, with Stella passing away in February, yes. you know, mm-hmm. yeah, um, there there were a lot of things that had to be taken care of by the the trustee and everything, and and I'm involved because of Bob, okay, mm-hmm. and uh, but but only you know through Bob's relationship with her, so it was finally time to um, have Stella's remains, the beautiful urn that the trustee chose, and Lisa's mm-hmm. been helpful, and we got her placed uh, in Hollywood forever, which was always what was going to happen. And Bob is right next to her. So it's kind of a Hollywood ending, you know, Mm. for the two of them, even though, um, you know, of course the last about six to seven years, and I could be off by a year or so of her life was very complicated because she, she was very ill with uh, uh, dementia that was pretty severe, Mm. but she hung on way longer than most people expected. And I'm hoping in the future, Lisa, especially, and her son, Andrew, who uh, is very, um, you know, he was another uh, movie director and actor guy, Andrew Stevens. And uh, he knew Gene and all. He was tight. He, he used to book Shannon in some of those, like, skinematic movies when he was doing. <laughs> yeah, the Skinamax yeah. movie. His name was yeah, Andrew exactly. Stevens, The Late Night. Right? Yep, yep. But yeah. he's going to do a documentary of uh, Stella's life, which uh, mm. it, uh, obviously her passing away got me a little closer with him as well as some other people that knew Stella well. Because, again, I knew her just my way, which was just through my you know relationship with my brother. Mm-hmm. So it was really fascinating for Lisa and I to do that. And then, of course, there we were to uh, pay my respects to my brother, again, at Hollywood Forever, and even see my folks because they're buried in uh, Los Angeles. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, the timing of, you know, and you wanting to celebrate Bob's 
musical career really makes sense. And I'm really grateful. Good. And I also in the little bit of prep, and I always prep for things, I say a little for some people, it might be a lot. But the preparation I did, um, really, I'm blown away with yeah. the body of work, the quality of the work. And then I found more songs that I would wish there was a cruise this year because I would have chose them, you mm. know, what I mean, for my band to do great, ironically yeah. <laughs> enough. So save them, guys, Bruce, save them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I will save them in my back pocket. I everything I listened to. You know, yesterday, Lisa knew the Paul Stanley record uh, front to back. She sang oh, yeah. every song while she was busy blinging in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, you know this song? And she was like, oh, I love it. I love it. And I'm going, we should have done this song. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. like, you see what I mean? Yeah. But there was only so much I could do. I mean, that medley that the band put together, uh, you know, uh, the first opportunity I had after my brother's passing mm -hmm. was really hard, very exciting. And of course, all those songs are on your list you know, that we're going to discuss today, but it really blew me away at the body of work and that connection that Bob had with Kiss. And um, all I know is, you know, he auditioned for them. He mm. didn't get the gig. He was there the day they heard Ace too. They went with Ace. Obviously that was, you know, the correct choice, although they knew Bob was a fine player. And, um, you know, I think Bob being busy and talented and being in New York, he would run into them again. And that's mm -hmm. what happened. And the next thing you know, uh, they became friends, especially Paul and Bob. And then all of a sudden, um, I'm not sure how he got the invitation for the first ghost guitar work, which was incredibly powerful, Alive 2, right? Mm -hmm. What year would they have recorded Alive 2? I don't even know. 77. Okay, 77. And Bob just uh, slayed it on that record. And how anyone playing side four, you know, the, the studio tracks don't know something's going on here. Listen to the... You can't take away anything from Ace. I'm not trying right. to do that. Ace yeah. is iconic. Ace is Kiss. And Ace was always, uh, those years, extremely in his prime with his leads. But we know the cracks were starting to happen in the band, mm -hmm. by by especially after that, why they did the solo records even. They had yeah. to. They were going to kill each other or something. Right. You know, so, but, but Bob had that energy and excitement. Same kind of blues riffs. Same playbook of Hendrix, Jimmy Page. Eric Clapton, British blues guitar players for the most part, but Bob just comes right out of the gate on 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 a live three with All American Man, like unbelievable, fantastic. You know I mean? So, oh yeah, totally, totally. Harmony guitars. Uh, I mean, look, you know, I play guitar for a living. I can. I told Lisa this yesterday. I could see every note on the guitar as he's playing it. I could see it. But that didn't mean that it was easy when I needed to learn some of this stuff. Mm -hmm. I tortured myself over a few songs. And Bob has a certain, I call it his bag of tricks that he would, you know, dig into. And, and there were variations of them, but I knew every one, but, but he able to mix them up and fool you and do the stinging vibrato and the regular vibrato and then the, the whammy bar overbend and then the, you know, exciting, you know, Leslie West kind of like dig into the strings and make the guitar ping. He had his thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, and I have to say, I heard it all today. You know what I mean? And I love yeah. it. Okay. It was very, very cool. Um, and reviewing these songs in the past 24 hours have been quite exciting for me. That's yeah. wonderful. So if you really look at it, he comes in, 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 uh, in auditions, doesn't get the gig. What if he got the gig? I'm curious. What do you think? Do, oh, I don't, do you I don't think know. Kiss is the same? Does Kiss have the same cultural impact? I, and again, we're not trying to say that, oh, they don't need Ace. 
Ace obviously was integral, wrote some of the classic Kiss songs in the beginning. And I just feel sometimes, like Paul says, in the beginning, he was inventive. He had this great attitude. He was getting doing all these wonderful things. But at some point, he stopped being creative. Mm-hmm. And does that change if you have a Bob in there? who's got the work ethic, who's obviously got the skill because you can look at this list body of work he did with kiss. So he can obviously perform with them. And now Bob is uh, maybe not the spaceman, but something else. Does it work with Bob Kulik in kiss in the beginning with makeup? I mean, after watching and lately with all the great archival stuff, getting out there of early kiss, I've watched some things I never watched before. And Ace was magic, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, with all that respect I have for my brother, Ace is from another planet, dude, okay? <laughs> he just is, okay? Yeah. Be- between um, his choice of notes, his approach on the guitar, even though he loves Jimmy Page and Jimi Hendrix, he played like nobody. He didn't really sound like anybody, okay? And he fit with uh, the garage band vibe of Kiss. And that's not yeah. a criticism. That's a reality. And that's part of their magic is that they did sound like something everybody could maybe imitate or play. You know, they knew they weren't Led Zeppelin. Okay. Mm -hmm. They knew they weren't the Beatles and whatever their heroes were. Hence, they decided we're going to do it over the top. It's going to be makeup, outfits, lights, you know, crazy over the top, everything. And I believe that Bob was probably maybe too much of a, musician maybe not um the right the right the right guy to help out but Mm -hmm. uh, could could kiss have been what they became without ace i don't believe it i don't believe it and bruce i was just gonna say you kind of you kind of just hinted at it right there was bob too good (laughs) and and for i mean no i mean and i and i I know that's uh but for lack of a better word was he too too technical too skilled too much of where ace had that um I mean, we like to use that word and obviously fans of the guitar and people who play, you know, that like sloppy, like that slash sound, like that really bluesy, like sloppy sound where Bob were incredibly skilled and technical talent. Was that was he maybe, like I said, too talented at that time for, like you said, what the the garage sound that Kiss was kind of looking for? Well, there's a chemistry that you have to include. Yeah, it was Bob more of a you know, musician and Ace right. had, uh, you know, I don't like to call it sloppy, although sometimes I've heard him play sloppy, but I call it, he's got a swagger on the guitar. You know oh, what I mean? Better There's word. Nobody yes. that had yes. that such a slow, particular vibrato. Yeah. And it just, it just so worked with the music of Kiss. You yep. just can't deny that. And now we're into hypotheticals, so we could go down this rabbit hole. Yeah, sure. And, and he wasn't in Kiss and he wouldn't even have had this opportunity of the body of work we're going to talk about. Right. If he wasn't kissed, because yeah. there would be a different story. Right. So I don't think we should dwell on that, but I do think sure. we should recognize that without the the chemistry of the original four, which is why some people couldn't deal with the non makeup years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Some people can't deal with seeing uh, Eric or Tommy in that makeup. You know what I mean? Because they they just love that era defined their world. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you got to have respect for that. But Ace going to a going from Ace slowly degrading in some ways not feeling it with the band not wanting to be there maybe having too much drinking and drugs i wasn't there to know for sure but it was obvious you know the 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 famous quote from my brother you know ace is on the floor 
you know, what? You know, saying something. And Bob responded with, a, yeah, it was the best you ever sounded. Yeah, you know I love I mean? that. Yeah. You know, I mean, but Kiss was smart enough. Gene and Paul were just like, we got to move on here. I mean, we got to we got to keep the, the, the train on the track and we're moving forward. And I heard a lot of weird things in some of the songs like the Killers record already. Different people were playing Creatures. A lot yes. of different people were playing, yeah. you, you know, um, so you get the point that. Um, Bob's role is formidable and important and and so filled with uh, musicality that fit Kiss. And that's and that was the remarkable part. And I think that was part of his frustration. He did feel like the fifth member of Kiss. But even me with being not in the band, um, I think sometimes he felt like he wanted as much uh, attention or accolade mm-hmm. after me being in the band for 12 years and then not being in the band. You know, right, right. You know so it's really great to look at this body of work and recognize it is f- for what it is and that's enough and that yeah. and that's a big big uh badge of honor for for my brother and the Kulik family you know yeah. so uh, again these these songs and his performances and that music and to see it evolve is great and I, and obviously i have a lot of comments on certain songs that i think mm. you'd find really interesting so let's get into it let's get into yeah. it absolutely the, well let's, talk. let's be honest if we're going to go chronological mm-hmm. the first track is really the demo for Mr. Speed. You're right. Which You're right. right. Which goes on the box set. So yeah. I'm a broken record when it comes to this demo because I talk about it constantly. It is now everyone knows Mr. Speed is like everybody's favorite deep cut. The demo right. is better. Bob's yeah. well, lead fills mm-hmm. are incredible. So yeah. much touch, so much feel. Different vibe. I love it. After yep. every verse, he adds that extra little guitar part that is not in the original track. Right. Love it. I absolutely love the demo. Now, I knew that the demo was on the box set. And at the time the box set came out, I was having probably some conniptions about different things. We're Sword and Stone. You know yes, what I mean? I, yes. I, exactly. <laughs> so emotionally speaking... I don't think I listened to it. Okay. I knew okay. that Hell of High Water and a few other things that I performed on and co wrote were on it, but I was kind of like, eh, time travel was there. <laughs> you know, anyway, a perfect place for Sword and Stone, as you know, a crowd yes. favorite. Anyway, totally. so I, of course, dug into um, the demo and I knew Mr. Speed, the regular one, because I, how many times have I heard people jam it? Even at Unplugged, yeah. I think on occasion, Eric and Paul would go into it or something during the convention tours or something, but Bob kills it on that track. You're right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Number one, number two, now we could theorize, well, if Bob was the the guitar player in the band, what those vintage songs would sound like truly sound like. And again, he's playing the best. I'm going to use some references because I know where Bob got, he got influenced from. He's doing his best. Leslie West, you know, but sometimes Bob and I would joke around and go like, yeah, you're, you're Robert East or Bob East, not Leslie West, you know, <laughs> and Leslie for the, for the Kiss fans out there that don't know mountain mountain, yes. yep. the band mountain and Leslie West. Yeah. 300 pound guitar player with a big Les Paul jr. Uh, when, when I went to the Gene Simmons new year's Eve, I mean, I'm sorry, the Gene Simmons weekend experience, I got it confused yeah. with my little weekend experience. Yes. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> But we rehearsed and that rehearsal went long and Gene, I was like freaking out, but he wanted to explain every song that we went over to the guys. Now I knew all the stories cause I was, I had yeah. those 12 years with him and that going blind was something that was influenced by a mountain song. And not mm-hmm. only did he 
talk about Mountain for a minute. Then he, and Todd goes like, huh? Oh, really? You know, and then next thing you know, he's pulling out his iPhone. Uh, he's playing the song that he's influenced. And I don't mean he's playing like a minute of the song. He played all four minutes of, uh, you know, a theme for an imaginary Western. One of yep. my favorite mountain songs who yep. I wound up uh, telling him a story about uh, Leslie was on the bill with Graham Funk. And, uh, you know, and I, I love Leslie and he was uh, such a, a cool guy and what a big influence for me too. But Bob and I were very much influenced by mountain. I caught them every time at the Fillmore. Yeah. And um, so I, as I enjoyed that track, I said like, damn, he's ripping off Leslie there. That sounds great in that song. <laughs> Wait, there's no way those riffs wound up. All those riffs wound up on the original and they're not, you know That's what I mean? Right. So, you, so you're hearing like a little more of a musical approach, mm-hmm. but again, Bob's influence was clear. Gene and Paul would have loved it because they loved Mountain. Okay. Yes, you know? I've heard Gene talk about Mountain many yes, times. Yes. So there you go. And even though Mountain's not as big as Cream or, or you yeah. know, Led Zeppelin and some of the other bands that you may hear from Gene and Paul. But wow, Bob Bob nailed it on that. And um, I, I, again, if it wasn't for this podcast, I'm not sure I would have had the pleasure to hear those riffs. So thank mm. you. Nice. Oh, no. oh, it's I, awesome. Thank believe me, thank we you. thank Bob for that because yeah, I mean, I always yell at Tom. We're like, we're like, we rank, we have a ranking of Kiss songs. Every album we do, we rank them. And I'm like, can I just rank the demos? Like, we're not doing. Yeah, demos. I know, I know. I know. I'm like, but yeah. I want the demo higher than everything because I just sure. love the guitar fills, and that's okay, all that, Bob. And and he was proud too, I guess, because on the box set, then he had a connection to Naked City. I know we're not going in order with that, but yeah. is that correct? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. that's there. And I have to be honest, again, probably because I had a meltdown when it came out. Uh, <laughs> I I heard Naked City when I was throwing at my guys, like, what do you want to do for the Bob tribute? Naked City. I don't know if it was Brent or Zach or Todd, whatever. But next thing I know, I'm going, oh, this is cool. And I'm listening to the track and I'm getting it. So um, I didn't, re- I knew Bob had a co-write and mm-hmm. I actually see it on some of his uh royalty statements from uh bmi yeah. you know the performance thing yeah. so i'm aware of it but again i didn't realize what a kind of cool song that was even yeah. though um I, I don't i could i kind of hear him on their song but there, there isn't like yeah i think there's even a solo but we didn't use the solo when i did it as a medley okay so right. um but i think those were his two big uh box set things and i think he got the gold you know platinum record or whatever and i know he was really proud of that which is yeah. cool well, Naked City is one of the best tracks, in my opinion, off of Unmasked. Yeah, I right. love it. And I think you guys, when you guys performed it, uh, Tom and I were shuffling back and forth before you got on. Like, oh, do you have the list from the from the cruise? Yeah, yeah. And we're looking for it. We're like, that awesome medley he did and all yep. those Bruce, that tribute in there. And yeah, Naked City is just awesome. That, w- that was so hard to do that. And I still love every minute of, you know, uh, kind of rehearsal and everything that we put into that it was it was really special to do it but again in those kind of situations you can't do full songs and then and then that becomes the hardest part it's like you can memorize a song as a musician but when you need to memorize a seven or eight song medley now you're not only remembering the parts of the songs in in there there's some connection and you're remembering that you know so it becomes a very long song yeah but but it was came out great yeah and then if i mean if we continue chronologically two of i mean there's three from the you know side four of a live two but two that always stand out fan favorites are we we did mention briefly a little bit of all american man and larger than life two songs that two songs that fans absolutely love people always talk about oh what if they were on love gun or what if they were on a studio album but um and and i think they got bob's fingerprints all over for sure 
They really do. I mean, uh, to me, even though, like I mentioned earlier, All American Man starts off that studio side like so powerful. Yep. It's, it's like kisses back, you know yeah. what I mean? If, if they went, ever went away or something. But um, it just was uh, amazing, the the solo, the harmony parts, the theme of it. And I'm like, this is great. This sets the pace for this side. Now, I think the next song is actually Rockin' in the USA, right? Yeah, that's the third of the songs that he performs on in that album. All right, no, but Larger Than Life is the second song on that side. Oh, in in terms of track listing, you mean? Yep. Hmm. I thought Rockin' was maybe in between, but come on, pull it up, somebody. We're pulling (laughs) pulling it up as we speak. Uh, Yes, Rockin' in the USA. Yep, All-American Man, Rockin' in the USA, Larger Than Life. And I remember, I didn't even know that Bob played on that because the two standouts for me when I was aware of bob's contributions to alive two was of course all american man and large in life mm-hmm. and we'll get to larger life in a minute because that one i think is huge the contribution he makes yes. on that one but i had to learn rocking in the usa because one of the guys pointed out no we got to do rocking in the usa bob's on it i'm like what you know what i mean so now i'm listening to that track and bob's just doing your your tasty boogie woogie rock and roll uh you know kind of riffs not not quite stepping out the same as on All American Man and Larger Than Life, but it's a different kind of song, you know. Bob always knew as much as he was unique with his style and had his bag of tricks, as I called it. He he knows he's got to play for the song, okay. So, mm-hmm. rocking in the USA, he's playing the role of a more you know a good time rock and roll kind of guitar player. It could be a Bob Seger thing. It could be a mm-hmm. you know, whatever. It could be rock and roll all night. It doesn't really matter. Yep. Now let's get to larger than life. If, if you guys don't have any comments about, oh that. no, go, no, go ahead. And all right, first of all, Gene completely knocks it out of the park with this. You know, in a sense, both Gene and Paul, I find All American Man really personifies Paul yeah. perfectly. You know, and Larger than Life personifies Gene, and that yes. monster voice and that slow plotting, ominous kind of groove that's so catchy. Yet, and all the space in it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Riff, 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 riff you know, and then nothing. And then all that's brilliant. And it's Bob just like comes in, like, like here I am. I'm, I'm the demon guitar player. I'm going to rip your head off. You know what I mean? With these other bands and wild riffs. And that one was one that I was sweating bullets to pull off. Well, on the cruise, because some of those riffs, Bob was just nailing it, especially with those big overbends. And and then he's all over the neck like like a, a, a madman, you know, high. Then he goes low and then he's up high. Those are the things that are a little hard for guitar players to, to memorize. You know, when you're one area on the guitar, it becomes a little more familiar, you know, mm-hmm. but when you're jumping octaves and everything. So what can I say? And, and that title and that performance was, you know, it was fitting in a sense when bob passed away for me to call the tribute video and please yeah. check that out if you haven't it's yes. just, put, just put in you know you know google or whatever it's on my youtube channel but just put in bob kulik larger than life and that that video will come up um but i really really feel like uh no one could have done that better than bob on that track yeah. uh, it was just brilliant you know and gene just nailed it they did it one time of the cruise where you guys did you guys see it i don't think it was he, with tommy went- no, not with Kit, not with Kiss. Yeah. No, we didn't. We never yeah. saw them. No, they only played it once, and they had a little bit of a train wreck. It's a, it's a freaking tricky song. There's, yeah, there, you, you know, like music is math, and lots of times musicians are very used to sections of four, four, and four bars, and eight bars, and sixteen bars. But suddenly, when you do the extra bar or two, 
And it's not like you're out of time. It's just you're going to do that turnaround one more time mm-hmm. and look out. You know what I mean? <laughs> and the, and there's no backing track. There's no click. There's no nothing. These guys are just going for it. And it, I, I wasn't surprised they didn't try it again. And believe me, those are the things that I always have to really concentrate on. Brent's been fooled, but but we we when we were up there, we know how to pull it together and follow each other and stuff. But the one time they did it, you know, it's kind of funny that they it was hard for them. But it was great to hear them, uh, you know, represent that song. That was wonderful. It, it's it's funny hearing that from from you know such a a pro as yourself because to us we're like, oh, this is like a kick ass, like simple, slow riff drum like we're thinking like oh this is i can pick up a guitar and play this and then you and then you and then you're talking about how how technical and tricky it is and the arrange arrangements unusual and and there are different sections and how many times gene lets the verse go i was fooled a lot when i was practicing so i i was not surprised when i saw them get off off track you know what i mean with it interesting but but again that not something everybody caught but if you've performed the song yeah studied the song then, then you'd know that. So, mm. but what I mean, let's all applaud the rest of Alive Two studio tracks are terrific too. Rocket Ride is like killer. Oh, yes. Ace brings it. Bring, Ace, and, yeah. yeah, right. No and doubt. I got to make a mention that Rick, everyone loves Rick Springfield, especially the women, right, Lisa? Yep. Okay. <laughs> and and <laughs> I, I, I knew him from uh, L.A. and I knew a lot of his crew, and he had a roadie, this guy Ruben who sadly got cancer. Uh, he was hanging on and then he finally succumbed to it, unfortunately. And they, and Rick wanted to do a benefit for him. So they reached out to me. Who's Ruben's favorite band. Okay. Kiss. Okay. Yep. Uh, so then I get requested because they knew me, please play, come to the, to the charity for Ruben. Of course. What, when am I, when am I, you know, house of blues? What do, what do you want me to do? Well, his favorite song, this rocket ride. <laughs> oh, oh boy. Nice. Talk about a deep track, right? Right, I right. Studied it and I'm like, wow, thumbs up for Ace. This thing is yeah. awesome. And we played it. I played it better, I think, than Jesse's girl, to be honest with you. But <laughs> but I but I did it and it was an honor to learn that rocket ride song and to learn Ace's stuff. So mm. give credit where credit's due. What a terrific sure. uh uh, uh, you know, side. I think Paul then goes into the, one of the cover songs, the Dave Clark Five thing, yep. right? Any way yeah. you want. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Which was actually kind of like a hint to where he may head on his solo record in a way, because mm-hmm. he liked that kind of power pop stuff. So I wasn't yeah. so surprised. Right. Yeah. What, a, what a great stuff, yeah. um, track. What a great. I mean, that whole fourth side is is oh, on, yeah. on on Spotify. When I study it, it says all those songs. It says live at the Capitol Theater. No. Yes, I know. I noticed yeah. that too. Yeah. Bruce. Yes. I always, I always wondered where they're getting that information from. No, it's the that the metadata is wrong. Whatever. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> somebody tell them. You know, yeah. I think it has to be somebody from the copyright owner, meaning yeah. Kiss or the mer- You know, the the label would have to do it, not 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 us. You know, right, so. right, right. Well, then you go into Paul's solo album, yes. which Tom and I are of the mindset that. This is the best solo album of the four. Well, it's not only the best solo album of the four. I put it up there as one of the overall best Kiss albums, period. Yeah. You know, Paul hits it out of the park. There's maybe one dud in there that we think, but a lot of this has to do with Bob's playing. No doubt. And he just brings it. Um, You start off with the incredible Tonight You you Belong to Me. What an opening track. And how Kiss never 
performed it or any of the songs off this album. I just never understood. They played a little bit of move on during the dynasty tour. Cause they, yes. cause, cause, yeah. cause each, me- each member was, was kind of thrown in a song from their solo albums for a bit during dynasty. Um, and I think Paul pretty much focused on move on, but tonight you belong to me is just, oof, what a, what, what an unbelievable track. Well, I'm with you guys about Paul's being my favorite of the, of, of the four. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Ace had the legitimate huge hit and you got to give it. Yes, of course. Kudos for that. Okay. Even, even though it was a cover song, but his ego wasn't like, well, no, I'm not going to do a cover song. You you know what I mean? He he owned it and and nobody out there would care. They would feel like that is Ace. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. New York groove. Okay. And being from New York and all that. I, in fact, I'm wearing my New York t-shirt anyway. Um, (laughs) but no doubt that that solo record, uh, what Paul was able to put together the chemistry with Bob, I know they were both in a great, great state emotionally. I was aware of a, a lot of the little comings and goings of the other players who could help out, who would be involved. I know Bob recommended Steve Buslow from uh, the Meatloaf group, the Bad Out of Hell band, and mm-hmm. he came in and he's a great player. I think maybe there were some others. Carmine Apiece makes an appearance, which was a real yeah. honor for for Paul and I know Bob loved we all loved Vanilla Fudge and Carmine's a legend on the drums. So let's talk about this record. Cause looking yeah. at it last night, I'm almost ready to do a gig where I'm just doing the Paul Stanley solo record. Oh, right. do it. Do it. Do it, Bruce. <laughs> we would love to see right? it. <laughs> and yes. I can tell you, I could hear Todd pulling that off. Like in oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. All right. But tonight, You Belong to Me, of course, appeared in my uh tribute to Bob on the cruise and it was wonderful to do it there's wonderful crazy feedback in the song that i love which is really hard to capture on in the studio you know just getting the guitar to sing and feedback right his intro notes are so melodic and then his high notes are crazy he gets to riff out at the end it was bob was um all over his bag of tricks and using them to the fullest extent to a fabulous Paul Stanley song. Let's face yeah. it. Oh, absolutely. that is power pop as it best. And what can I say now? Move on. I wasn't as familiar with because I didn't study it for the medley. Right. Right. And right. it's funny that you said that he chose that. And my God, Bob gets to play all over that song. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And um, it's a better tune than I expected. A little surprising to me from Paul in some ways with it a little different but uh, I did love it. And it, Bob is featured like, how could anyone not hear Paul's solo record and go like, who's this guy playing guitar? Okay. Yeah. Agreed. It's funny you the- say that, Bruce, because I heard interviews yep. of Bob talking. Yep. And the one song that I've heard him brag about, like so proud of, mm-hmm. was Move On. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he would say like, I don't, you know, this was like guitar work that not, not, any, not a lot of people can do it. What right. I did on that, and he was yes. really uh, uh, showcasing that song specifically. And you well, would Paul let him play. Why? Yeah, Paul just exactly. let him play, and I go. I, I would say to Lisa, "Oh my God, another solo! Listen to this. He's <laughs> yeah. letting he's letting them wail. You know, and he's loud. He's up there in the mix. So I was very impressed with that. But I, I, you know, I, I will admit that um, uh, why it didn't get more attention, or why uh, I didn't go for it in that medley i don't know but it's a great song absolutely mm-hmm. and and here's a little bit of a backstory about all of them are doing solo records right gene of course knew my brother why would he be on uh you know write a song like naked city etc and and uh gene wanted bob to also play some on his record and he couldn't 
Okay. There was that kind of possessiveness of competition. Paul. Oh, yeah. And competition. And I remember Bob sharing that with me. I didn't think it was weird because I, I totally understood that. Wait a minute. If this guy is that unique, I want my record to have that uniqueness. And why should he be running around? Bob's not just, even though he got a lot of session work, he wasn't your typical session player. Okay. Mm -hmm. He just wasn't. He had a unique style. If you listen to Coney Island Baby by Lou Reed, Bob stands out very different than anything you'd expect from a Lou Reed record. But mm -hmm. Lou, Lou really admired his talent. And th there he is on that record. A little cleaner tone. He's not yeah. doing whammy bar wildness but it's still right. bob so i i kind of i think paul had the right call that no you're not you're not taking him you're not letting him. and what, do, what is bob going to do of course he's got to accept that you know right he knows that he could you know gene loved him and gene would turn him on to other you know gigs and things like that so i just thought that that was interesting and yeah. especially after hearing mm -hmm. him move on why would paul want him to play on gene songs you exactly. know what I mean? right, that, right that would not be cool right so great tune all right so let's move down there ain't quite right now, I, this song I was really impressed with. And as soon as I heard it, and again, it wasn't one I was as familiar with because I mostly more recently digested the ones that we chose yep. for the medley on the cruise. And I love that it, you know, I have all these photos of Bob in the studio, not a lot in the studio, but them posing with guitars and there's tons of incredible instruments and a lot of acoustics and 12 string, you know? So I, I finally realized, oh, uh, that's, that's what they're using these picking guitar things and stuff like that. So it starts out mellow and Bob has those beautiful crying, tasty notes happening. And then he does a couple of kind of jazzy notes, you know, which reminded me of Coney Island baby, actually, again, from his bag of tricks. I know that because I know the riffs. I could show you five songs that he's used it in or five different artists that he'll go there for that. But all mm -hmm. guitar players are, I'm not saying they're guilty of it, but it's just what you do. Okay. And then, you know, for me, that was a killer 70s kind of vibe of a tune from Paul. I loved it that it had its, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, mellow part and then got a little more aggressive and everything. It was a great song. Yeah, it was a really unique. It was a unique track for Paul yeah. and Bob. And I, again, we keep praising Bob, but it's such a unique. It starts off kind of bluesy and mellow and kind yep. of kind of peaceful. And then and then it, it grows, like you said, right. and, and what Bob is doing just creating that buildup and that emotion. It's, it's, yep. it's, a, it's a really unique song. It's funny. Now, you say I that know. Because, from... oh, oh, I was going to say just no, 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 add one last thing that yeah. I, again, I, preparing for all this, I'd listened to a lot of earlier Bob uh, uh, interviews in some later ones. And when he was, uh, you know, some of the later ones, Bob gets a little bit boisterous and a little proud of his work. And he, one of the things he was saying is like, look at that work. Ace yep. is a great guitar player. Ace ain't doing ain't no ain't quite right. He can't do that. And he <laughs> was right. mentioning things right. about that in there, and it's true. And so one of the things I would say is, you know, maybe Bob can do some Ace stuff, but can Ace do some Bob stuff? Yeah. And and this is one of the songs that comes to mind. That's why. Yeah. Uh, look, I could, and and Tommy won't mind me saying it. Tommy's not going to really do my stuff because it's not really in his. Oh, we know. He's the looser wheelhouse. Okay? <laughs> we know, but we he know. accepts We've that. Heard it. <laughs> right. And then Paul and Gene doesn't demand him to. But I will say Paul was wise enough for the solo tour that he told my brother, 
get together with Bruce, have him show you crazy nights and hide your heart. You know what I mean? Yep. Show the songs that I'm going to do. Yep. So you get a sense of how you would interpret them. He didn't tell him to play it note for note, but he wanted him to get a sense of that. Yeah. And they, they never did that with, with Tommy, but that, that is what it is. You know, uh, that's not the point, but, but everyone has their specialty. And I know Bob wanted to brag about it, probably deservedly so, yeah. but I think he was using it in a, in an argument. You, you know, that was just part of his agenda towards the end of his life, which was yep. unfortunate because you could still be boisterous about what you've contributed, but you don't have to say that in comparison to anybody else. There isn't a comparison because then I'd play you something from 75 of Ace that I know that I couldn't touch that vibe that that he had that fit the song for kiss you know a hundred thousand yep. years i saw I, he pulled the shit off live i was just like oh my god look, look, look at how flawlessly he's playing that and these riffs are so creative and that was the genius of ace and that's why he had to be in the band but mm-hmm. again again at yeah. paul's record and i should bring up this point too I worked with Paul for those 12 years so i know what it is to be in the studio with him and paul loves guitar he is a fine guitar player, better rhythm player, not so much a lead player, though he'll yeah. play some leads when he feels he can do it. But because he can play some leads, because he's such a melodic individual and musical, he he knew he could write stuff. I feel he got Bob, the best of Bob, on the solo record because he probably on certain mm-hmm. things worked with him. Other things just let him fly, like move on, just go for it, you know, yeah. have fun. Yeah. Yeah. But there are other things I sense, and it's not like I'm saying he was spoon-fed the riffs, but I do feel that he was... Um, kind of, I guess the best word would be like he was co-directed or or somehow influenced in the same way that yeah, I don't know if Forever would have, you know, if, if I had my druthers, it seemed like it was going to be an electric solo, and then Paul telling me, I really hear an acoustic solo, kind of like this Led Zeppelin song, boom, mm-hmm. you know, light bulb moment for me. I got what yep. he meant, yep. you know what I mean, and off we go. So and and Tears Are Falling is a solo that we both worked on together, the harmony part, the intro, how we set it up. And then he let me do some of my, my bag of tricks. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I go off into my thing. So I think again, Paul's love of guitar playing that camaraderie they had back then, they were friends, really good friends then. So this helped make that album the best of the four solo records. It just does. It helps bring out the best of Bob, best of Paul. He was surrounded by great people and that's why um, I loved listening to the entire record yesterday. It was oh, so yeah. much fun to hear it. Nice. And to listen, hear Lisa sing every every song. And know every <laughs> I was like, oh, really? We're going to have to talk about this, honey. You know, I mean, I mean, I knew she was a big fan, but I didn't know she knew every note of Paul's Paul yeah. solo record. Yeah. That's so funny. But that's what happens when you go back to these albums. Yep. And when yep. we went back to review Paul Stanley's solo album, we're just like, does anybody else see the genius in this album? Yes, yes. This is just... And it stayed with us. And so we've been boasting about Paul's solo album throughout because sure. the cliche in Kissland, oh, Ace is the best. Oh, Ace is the best. Okay, nope. he's got the three hits, the three songs mm-hmm. to stick out. You were telling me those deeper cuts are as good as Love and Change or Goodbye or no. anything like that? No, no, I I, I, I agree. I mean, this highlights, all the records have their highlights. You know, I love oh, playing yeah. Ra- yeah. Radioactive with Gene. And, Love that. and 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 uh, I think it's really touching how he was trying to show that emotional side when you wish upon a star. Yes, yeah, yeah. it's crazy yeah. that he did those things. But but again, knowing Paul was also in a voice that I call the macho voice. Okay, mm-hmm. he had that on this record. He could be gentle. He could be that uh, where he's doing that thing, but it's not. And he's not trying to do the 
high stuff that he was doing a lot during my era. Yeah. So that's another thing that I really love that I feel that Paul's voice is all right. Look, he slays it on revenge and other things of my era. You know that mm-hmm. his voice oh, was yeah. just like God, unplugged. Yeah. I mean, he was untouchable. Yep. But the point I'm making is for that 70s style of kiss, the makeup era of kiss. Paul is really dialed in a, a vocal style on this record that is just killer. You know yep. what I mean? It just really works, you know? Yep. All right, let's keep moving. So Taking the next your way track is together just as good. One. Yep. Yeah. Another one, the 12-string guitars, the melodic. You know, I hear a little phaser on my brother's guitar, a little pedal, which I think I have here in the house that my repair guy, when he cleaned it up, said, like, <laughs> this is a good one. You nice. know what I mean? And one of those nice. vintage yeah. MXR pedals. And... um you know, again, Bob's solo in this is really melodic. And I made a note when I uh, heard it that this would be something that, again, I only Paul can confirm this now. You know, did he help write it with Bob? You know, with Bob? You know what I mean? Did he construct it with Bob? Maybe. Okay. But the biggest takeaway on this song is this song was built for Carmine Peace to be the <laughs> madman yes. on the drums. Okay. Yep. And in a way, it's almost like a, a pre pre uh, 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 you know thing regarding like almost this is like the future where all of a sudden on creatures of night, what's the biggest thing? Eric Carr's drums, right? Yeah, you know what I mean. That that there's something about a powerful Bonham style drumming that can drive a track, and then the whole ending. Because I remember Lisa saying, "Oh, it goes on forever." I go like, "Yeah, I think this is where <laughs> Carmine goes wild." Oh, Car- yeah, Carmine lets loose. Yeah. And it's amazing. And I remember Bob telling me, you got to listen to this Carmine playing. And I give you guys a tip because you guys, everyone listening to this podcast got to yeah. go pull out Paul's record um, on this song. All of a sudden, towards the end, there's a you know, on the guitar, this octave mm-hmm. thing. That's, yep. you know, that's vanilla fudge. They yeah. stuck that in <laughs> wow. to, 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 to do an homage to Carmine. OK, nice. OK. So think about that. So I know it was really exciting for Carmine to be on the song. Paul put him up in the mix. And yep. what a great song. And now I regret that we didn't do that one. And I know Brent <laughs> would have had a lot of fun. Oh, with yeah. It. Oh, so uh, in the future. Okay. Yeah. We had Carmine on. He's on our network, Pantheon Network. Right. So we had Carmine on. We talked specifically about that. He never mentioned the vanilla fudge part. That's funny. Um, yeah. yeah. And, but it's uh, there. But Listen to it. You can't it. miss it. Yeah. He did I mean, talk it's about the, how much fun he had yeah. on that song. I mean, that that's actually the Supremes cover that they had a big hit with, you know, but there it is. You yes. Know, keep me hanging on. Yes. You know, yeah. But, yeah. But uh, oh, Carmine's a legend. He's still active out there. He's still playing great. I love that he doesn't uh, take any shit from anybody. No, he, he doesn't. Yeah. He's been in the news a little bit. Yep. <laughs> he, he he told it like it was for Vinny. Good for you, Carmine. Yep. Okay. Uh, Nikki and him, I don't really know the beef, but he wasn't afraid of Nikki Six. You know no, what I mean? No, he wasn't. So go for it, Carmine. You're a legend. And everything he says about what he did and who he knows and how influential influential he is, is 1,000% true, mm-hmm. a million percent true. Mm-hmm. So my hat's off to him. Now, I, I played a lot more with Vinny than Carmine, and I love Vinny. He's just, just a solid player. But, man, Carmine wrote the book and that stuff. And, oh, yeah. Uh, that's why he's still out there. So God bless him. You know. Yeah, Carmine right. um, was talking about how you know his influence on that and his relationship with Paul, and it's funny because that same song was so good that you were talking mm-hmm. about that Rod Stewart did it with Carmine in his band. Oh, and that's put it cool. on his album. Yep. 
Oh, wow. And, okay. and Carmine was talking about like, yeah, you know, his friendship with Paul is like, I don't know, maybe I think he liked me because I was friends with Rod Stewart. And Paul is a, such a huge Rod yes. Stewart fan. Which brings us to the next song, guys. Oh, actually, we, we missed one. Yeah, well, oh, yeah okay. I think we, we I think I think we I think we jumped over. Wouldn't you like to know me? Okay, yeah, we shouldn't yeah. do that because yeah. we want to. But but I just can we go back to it only because I yeah, I, yeah. I had a real important point. Absolutely, it's all, it's all right. Which again, I wasn't that familiar with. There's not even a guitar solo on it, though. You could tell Bob it's chugging along on the rhythms, probably with Paul. That's such a Rod Stewart song. It's ridiculous. Mm. That that mm-hmm. sounds straight from the faces. Or Rod Stewart, yes. and, it, and it's a, it's a great track. Good call. But think of those bands, you know, Rod and the Faces, or just Rod Stewart. And I know that that was a big influence for uh, um, Paul. There's no no doubt. Rod mm-hmm. Stewart was just such a, a great voice, and that's why Jeff Beck worked with him. And hey, he's still he's still out there selling out. He's amazing. You yep. know. Yeah, but let's stick to it's all right. We'll skip back to wouldn't you like me after? It's all right. Is the hidden gem in a kiss catalog yeah i don't understand why it's not given more love or uh, even like talked about as one of the great deep tracks of kiss it is such a rocking song the chorus itself the guitar i know there's no solo in it but the guitar riff on is awesome no it is it is it's just one of those balls out kind of like he's just just like you said, so I'm thinking of like, you know, stay with me in faces and just that balls out 70s yep. approach to music. Yeah. So awesome. Such yep. a great tune. And very ironic for me to keep, uh, all right, is there going to be a solo here? You know what I mean? And then realize, yeah. oh, wait a minute. You know, there really isn't, you know what I mean? But yeah. but it's it's here on the list and it deserves some attention. And, and there you go. Everyone's going to be looking for that track now and think of think of that influence that um the early british bands had on 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 paul and and gene but particularly here on paul for sure yeah mm-hmm. so all right let's go back to wouldn't you like to know me <laughs> we I mean, always laugh me, at that title yeah. what do you think yeah yeah no i i know i know it's such um, a great it's such a great attempt at a pickup line wouldn't you like to know me <laughs> yeah well uh isn't it's all right all about hooking up with a girl you know yeah like kicking that, that. her out of bed and stuff yeah, like yeah, that yeah, i don't yeah, give yeah. a shit those yeah. are rod stewart lyrics right yes there. yes you're right you're right <laughs> yep. oh no, well, look you're gonna borrow you borrow from the best and there's yep. nothing wrong with that all yep. right all right wouldn't you like me not to know me oh i was so excited to do this with the band because i was always a big fan of that kind of droney cheap trick kind of guitar power yes. pop stuff and paul loves that stuff and he nailed it on this one it's so catchy bob solo is very memorable in this one it was a real pleasure to learn it and perform it i think i nailed it pretty close when mm-hmm. i did you know on a cruise you know anything can happen you know what i mean you, you know between the wind and the just somebody <laughs> take you know like uh catching your eye or something uh mm-hmm. but wow what a great song and uh I, I, again uh it and it has a certain sonic thing i noticed there's like slightly different mixes on paul's set record that do fit the song so yeah i really like the way this one sounds and and that same production wouldn't work on another song for example mm-hmm. so it's it's really a great great track and i i know why i wanted to put it in the medley because it was so strong for sure no doubt all, all right. right carrying on loving chains yeah now that starts with Bob's leads that are very mm-hmm. thematic. And I always love that. Now, any song that you're coming out of the gate with the lead guitar, 
hello. You know what I mean? That's exciting. And I'm sure Bob loved that. Yeah. Um, here's a funny, just, you you might not have caught it, but when I said it, Lisa went like, oh, yeah. His B sections are my sweet Lord chords, mm. <laughs> you know, you know, from George Harris. Okay. You know, which became a big lawsuit, by the way. Not that Paul was stepping on that. Right, right. Just saying. But um, there's a big solo in it from Bob, which is great. You yeah. know what I mean? And I wasn't that familiar with that song. So it was really cool to hear that one. And again, with Bob playing the theme, kind of thematic leads and then having a big solo. Uh, another great song from from Paul's record. What can mm-hmm. I say? You know, the great thing about this album and Bob's contribution, he contributed eight songs. The one song that he did not contribute to, Bob ought to be patted on the back because I think it's one of the worst songs in the Kiss catalog. And that is the Hold Me, Touch Me. I and think of think me. of me when I'm gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so if you look at it like from our perspective, we're like, Bob is a genius. He picked yeah. the only the eight songs that he <laughs> wanted to perform on or something. I don't know why he's not on that song. Not that it needs him, but because the song is brutal and but well, it's a ballad. Lisa and I had the discussion yesterday. Yeah. To me, as soon as you put the piano as the driving thing, you know, lead guitar doesn't always work. Right. Um, and Paul was obviously going for that big kind of emotional ballad kind of thing. I just bought the single. I, I found it from an English shop. Wow. Yeah. I love the cover. It didn't really come with the mask. That's the only thing missing. Yeah. But I love the purple, purple <laughs> yeah. picture, the you know, purple, the pur- yeah. purple color yeah. on the thing. Yeah. And, and I knew that the flip side was goodbye. And that's why I bought it. Okay. Yeah. Because oh, we're going to get to that in a minute. Yeah, yeah, please. But, but that ballad, um, yeah, a guitar wasn't appropriate. That wasn't necessarily Bob saying, I'm not playing on this. I yeah. think it was a production sure. you know, choice by by Paul. Yeah. And it is syrupy. And 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 Lisa made that comment too. This one's just doesn't fit the rest of the song. But there's a part of Paul where he feels like I think he always wanted to write a song that maybe is for somebody else, really, that's a, a more mm. big ballad singer or female even. And that song on the Detroit Rock City soundtrack which oh. i'm the only other kiss member on i play bass on it right <laughs> um again not not very typical although that's yeah. a great diane warren song but why would paul choose that you see what yeah. i mean yeah uh, but he did yeah. and i know he likes there's a there's a part of him that likes that kind of stuff and um that's what this reminded me of that direction of a movie soundtrack song that's maybe a little a little smartsy or something. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, Where, mm-hmm. why it was a single, I don't know. Because it was uh, the only single released from this album, which oh, seems like yeah, yeah, it was crazy. the only it was the only official single so, released from this album. I, I believe. think our 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 thoughts a little bit more nefarious that we're like, it's that competition in Paul. That's mm-hmm. his first ballad. If you look right. at the catalog, okay, okay, yeah. think about it. Right, he hasn't done a ballad. The only one's done a ballad are Peter is Peter. Yep, yeah, and Peter's got this. You know, at that point, it's probably coming insufferable from all the success from Beth. And Paul's probably like, oh, yeah, well, let me write a ballad. Maybe I'll do better than you or something. But it's just that's his first crack at it. And and I think uh, maybe until I still love you, Tom. Yeah, probably the next time he tries a ballad, 
At least right. that one works. Yeah, that one really works. It does works. not yep. sound authentic, in my opinion. Right. Just yeah. And then sound. we know Forever did, and we know that. Uh, yes. You know, every, every time. Every time I, I look at I you. Look at you. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Interesting. Well, either way, uh, Bob's not on it, so we'll move on. Yeah. And we'll get to the, what I think is a killer ending song, of course, oh. not only because of the title, it just the track just makes you want to hear more. Play, keep going, keep going, keep going. You know it's what I mean? Incredible. Uh, yep. You don't want it to end. And how brave or how brilliant that it's in the key of D or D flat if they tune down. I'm not positive, but but the bass is D tune. So that riff, mm-hmm. you know, is so ahead of its time. Now that track I'll never forget. I know when I heard it, when Bob first uh played me the record, I was just like, oh my God. And that playing, Lisa could attest to this that I probably practiced that one the most and we did almost i think we did the whole song actually because it was yeah. it was so important to yeah. me not only with the title but every riff that bob placed in there is magic and then even a harmony thing at the end of the verse parts and there isn't a solo per se this tasty tasty riffs everywhere yep. and then that climbing da 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 mm. in harmony i'm like i probably spent an hour on that you know, I'm like, what the hell is going on in this song? <laughs> it's so amazing. And what yeah. a thrill to play that song live. Uh, I know the guys love it. And to pull that off, and I doubt... That, now, now, Paul did it during the solo tour, maybe? I would hope. I believe he did. Okay, now, you yeah. do recognize where the origins of that song is from, right? No, teach me. Tell me. Keep, keep me coming. Not keep me we, coming. What am I saying? Keep yeah, me waiting. No. Which from the what? box set. Oh, from the box set. Wicked Lester. A Wicked Lester oh, demo. Oh, no. From, I, I have to go back and listen to that. Listen so, to it. And you'll be yeah. like, okay. and you hear the, you'll hear it in the in okay. the chorus. You'll ah. hear that guitar. You'll hear that wow. bass. That, yeah. that, that yeah. driving yeah. bass. Yeah. Keep yeah. me coming. No, it's not. Yeah, yeah. I love droning guitar parts. And yeah. and I love a bass that's doing a, you know, like I wrote Jungle, you know, with, with Paul oh. and Kurt. Oh, and, yes. And I'm that loving that. Did, 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 you know, a bass. Thing that can drive a song is yep. great you know i came up with the bass parts for um i, I know i should drop something on the floor i'm, I'm dropping all my credits here uh circus you know bomb 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 i did the demo with paul and kurt cuomo yeah and that's a big part of this now i played it like gene and that's why gene pulls it off live perfectly but but a driving bass part it just gets me wild you know what i mean awesome yeah and a little known kulik secret is that when my wife sees me play bass, she's very excited. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> How very gene of you there, Bruce. Yeah, I know. Nice. I know. I couldn't help nice. it. Right, Lisa? All right. She's upstairs. <laughs> thank awesome. God. You know, but, but, but there's something. And, and unfortunately, the older I get, the harder it is to play bass. So if anyone's looking for a rare vintage bass, <laughs> contact me, okay? Because you I, hear that? Play, nice. I can't play all my basses anymore. Anyway, what a great song. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, Paul nails it. I I could see myself rehearsing it in these hotel rooms on the road with uh, Graham Funk because, and I'll I'll give you guys another scoop. I have ideas of trying to release the last rehearsal with my brother to actually Ooh, be able to wow. offer it. Yeah, now it's too soon to say if I can, only because I there's a lot of things I got to look into. But mm-hmm. I have an an amazing recording of us. Now, why is it recorded? You know, like like professionally because we all had a study the rehearsal because we only got together for one and a half days okay, gotcha. wow. okay. prior to the cruise in 2017 because okay. everyone's schedule was terrible me with grand funk yeah maybe i you know i'm sure todd and 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 brent were doing slash 
you know, and everyone had a practice to something, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I don't mean just the tracks off of the records. You need our arrangements, our band, you know what I mean? So I, I have a really good, and I would love to try to figure out a way to offer that. And that would be like the rehearsal of the 13 songs we did on the cruise. You know what I mean? Nice. And I know, I know goodbye was, uh, well, we probably came back and did the turn on the night into, uh, you know, crazy nights, turn on the night. Mm -hmm. I remember Bob going, you know, there's seven songs of yours and six of mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that's brothers for you. Okay. Yeah. Now you guys might know what I was dealing with. Yeah, Bob, I was in the band for 12 years. I know what you did, but come on. <laughs> don't want to end the show with turn on the night. Come on. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, absolutely. Exactly. Right, right. But, but I will but tell he, you, he was it was a highlight for the Kiss Cruise yeah, for me. Yeah. Oh my you God. You guys yes. pulled out goodbye. Because oh, sure. you would never imagine ever hearing goodbye at a like a kiss event and when you guys and, and again we've we've praised you you I mean you're bruce so you we you know we all love you thank you todd zach, oh yeah the, the guys just crushed it well, zach Especially wasn't on todd. that one but but zach was there to do the you know the way we played it but yeah. on the original cruise just yes, todd on the Brent, cruise when we yeah. saw you live perform yep. these songs yeah what i'm saying is todd and we, we've said it on the show many times he's not copying paul no, but he he kind he's, of he, he's emulating him. He's exactly. channeling the spirit. He, yes. The spirit comes out that you feel this is kiss yeah. just as much. And yep. Zach does the same thing. And it's done with class and taste. It's not a cheap ripoff. It's not a right. cover band. It's just this interpretation of what this those songs are. And Todd nails it vocally with attitude. It's just awesome. And Zach always laughing in between songs and smiling yep. on stage. always has a great time it's very infectious to see how much fun you guys have on yeah. stage yeah. Yeah. i'm way too serious for me i'm way too serious only because i got so much that i gotta <laughs> remember how to play you know what i mean <laughs> yep uh look first of all all three of them and brent is just you know what an incredible drummer mm. and what a kiss fan and of course yeah. he's awesome. He, awesome hobie jeans go-to guy you know that you know, yeah, it, 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 we it, had we had a lot know, of fun with yeah. Brent over at yeah. uh, the Gene event. He's right. awesome, and 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 I know Gene loves him, and why wouldn't he? Of course, yeah. But but these guys are just incredible, and their love of Kiss uh, is incredible. And and it was something that came up today working with Todd. I said, Todd, I was listening. I'm doing Tom and Zeus today, you know, and I'm so excited. I listened nice. to the Paul Stanley record. We should do that sometime. And I go like, <laughs> you oh. could sing every one of those songs, but you, it would be you. I, I can almost hear you singing it all. And he, he was so flattered. He loves that. You know that. Yeah. Look, Paul's a big fan of Todd too, man. Uh, I, obviously. And has said it to him. And what can I say other than, uh, um, what a pleasure it's been to work with them. But more importantly is to share those songs, the, the body of music that Kiss, you know, is not going to do for whatever reason. We can go on for an hour yeah. about that. Don't yeah. need to. The point is I love to do it. I, and that's why I'll pull out the oath. And and and, oh, and surprise yes. everybody, but there's no uh, better band that I can have than those guys. Okay? Absolutely agreed, agreed. Yeah. Absolutely. So if we're going chronologically, mm-hmm. we've already done Naked City. Yep, right. It was on un- unmasked when Bob got the writing credit and stuff. Now we get to Killers. Yes, and uh, the four tracks on Killers. Well, it's another record I was scratching my head a little bit about until the Bob tribute came along for that cruise. And I'm a legend tonight, okay? 
I loved right away, but I was barely familiar with any of these. I don't know why. I don't remember. You know, I had the record, which is kind of rare too, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but, and it, you know, I just uh, was was very impressed. Now, is you guys teach me something. Are all the songs produced by Michael James Jackson? Yes. Or just some? Yeah, they are. Okay. Yes. Those four and, tracks. Yes. All right. Okay. And was this after Creatures or before? before? Right before. before. Right, right before. before. Okay. But after music from The Elder. Okay. So obviously, Michael's trying to feel his oats with the band, right? And the mm-hmm. band's going through some big issues. And the record was created because... So they made the so that so because of the kind of quote unquote failure of the elder, the record company, the label, they wanted Kiss to kind of get put a compilation together, kind of get back on track with some hard stuff, and it was going to be released only overseas. So they introduced these new tracks, and it was kind of the precursor to Creatures of the Night. So yeah, okay, now now that makes sense to me. Well, I'm glad they went to Bob, and obviously that was smart. I mean, right away, um, I'm a legend tonight. What a great title! Mm. Oh yeah. Um, what a what a great he has that solo that's a fantastic thematic solo and he's he's a little more controlled here mm-hmm. he's not off the leash and I'm not sure if that was Michael or just again playing for the song mm-hmm. but I love doing it and I you know on the uh, uh, on the cruise and it's just a terrific terrific song you know probably one of my favorites of those uh, new songs on, on really Kill. oh yeah. yeah yeah no it's a it's a great song can oh, you I mean, tell i, 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 I think oh, kiss God. kiss fans just love the original tracks of of the killers yeah yep can you tell like now when I, I, i'm getting this album i'm back into kiss uh, i mean i fell off for a little bit i mean i was five years old and i was too old for kiss and you probably same. fell off for a lot of things yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. so but i came back into kiss by junior high and I went backwards and started discovering stuff. And I remember discovering Killers and like, what the hell is this? I've never yep. seen this. I don't remember this. Right. And listening to those songs, I absolutely loved it. But, you know, I'm a teenager. I can't tell. Ace is on the cover. Sure. I don't know. I, I know. You know. So could you, as, you know, Bruce, hear the music and maybe even back then, like, oh, that's not Ace. That's definitely. Oh, I, I would know. I would know. Now, I didn't study them the way we're doing it now. Because yeah. now. Everything from the body of Kiss catalog is so exciting to me. There was a long period when I was left behind for the reunion tour. Like, eh, I'm not listening to anything. I don't want to see anything. Yeah. Oh, I, uh, yeah, all right. I did Tears of Fun, whatever. You know, I swear. <laughs> where you know now, I'm like, woo! I love that stuff. This yeah. Is great. Someone <laughs> right, showed me right. a new video. Oh, Foundations Forum video of that. Wow. You know. So I, I'm 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 in a completely different headspace, and and rightfully so. But I think everyone can understand why. It was almost like I was part of this forgotten era. And then all of a sudden it got remembered again. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So yep, I'm yep. celebrating with everyone. So I'm going deep now in in the case of me now driving forward my era and all eras yep. uh, with my performances with a great band. Uh, I'm willing to look at everything from Kiss and, mm-hmm. and break the rules with that. And and here you go, looking at Killers. and play, did, did they ever play Killers? Anything from Killers? Probably not. Nope. Nope. Right. I think they played nowhere to run in in Kiss cruises and stuff. Yeah, Kiss okay, cruises, stuff like it. that. Yeah, but, yeah. But, these, like but these, yeah, these original okay. tracks have never been like part of a set list. Right, and we'll get to that one. But let's go to. But I could tell who's playing what pretty much. Yeah. Now, if you're going to play yeah. creatures and tell me, all right, multiple choice, which one's Robin Ford? Which one's the guy from Mister Mister? 
which one's Vinnie Vincent, I probably could guess yeah. pretty well, but yeah. I probably need to know the multiple choice. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. I, right. I couldn't just figure it yeah. out just, yeah. just naturally. Yeah. All right. But down on your knees, that was probably the first time I was really listening to it properly was yesterday, okay. you know, and, and again, uh, Bob's back in his uh, bag of tricks, you know, and for me, what was surprising about the song was there was a little Van Halen in it and a little ACDC mm. and Paul out of it. Mm. You know, that's what I thought. And again, I think, um, you know, Bob got to play quite a bit, probably because, again, what what year is Killers now? 81, I think, 82? Yeah. 81, so, yep. So Van Halen already broke big, right? So everyone's oh, yeah. a little influenced by everybody. So it, it, it was an interesting track. Not, not one of my favorites of Killers, but I, since I never heard it, it was fun to hear. And I thought... Paul was trying to channel channel his inner ACDC meets Van Halen vibe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Correction. So Killer, Killers came out in the middle of 82, June 82. Yeah. June okay. 82. Even later. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that would make more sense because of one of the other songs, but which is the next. Can we talk about partners in crime? Sure. Sure. We'll okay. go, yeah. we'll go back to Norwood run after. Yeah. We'll Absolutely. go back to that. Sure. First of all, as soon as I hear it and I hear from the guitar, you know, <laughs> yeah. the dropping <laughs> low note, I'm going like, what the hell is that? Oh yep. my God. What year is this again? Cause I know it, you can only do it with what was called a whammy bar guitar or a Floyd sure. Rose or back then they had another company that made something that would do it. But I know Bob had the Floyd, but the earliest Floyds were horrible. You know what I mean? They were, well, some people swear by the first ones and Eddie Van Halen obviously started with the very first one. There was no fine tuners on it, but still it worked. It locked your strings and then you can go uh anywhere you want it down up like a maniac make it cry like a banshee and drop it to 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 yep. hades and it, <laughs> it comes back in tune you know yeah. what could i say how brilliant right. i wish jimmy had it because i couldn't even imagine what hendrix would have done with it he was yeah. always going out of tune on a stratocaster so bob obviously is going hey look at me i got a floyd rose look <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> so uh i nicknamed that song the the, the whammy wildness song for my brother and I'm sure it was that probably his first um, Floyd Rose guitar. He he didn't have it uh, for quite a while, but it was that probably that star shaped one. I'm pretty sure it was on okay. Paul's uh, tour as well, maybe. Uh, but either way, I think that was the first one that he had a bolt on neck and uh, the the Floyd Rose, and he's going okay. wild with it. So again, uh, it, it's it's not a bad song. But I think I think it was like everybody in the studio was probably like, yeah, use that thing. It's so different. It's so fresh. <laughs> right. So, right. <laughs> right. You know, so I, I saw it as like a showboat for the Floyd Rose. You know, do you yeah. like that song? I mean, I, I wasn't familiar with it before that. It's it's OK. I mean, it's 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 a novelty because the only place you're ever going to hear it is on Killers. So, right. it's, you know, it, it kind of holds a special place for Kiss fans because it's not on a compilation. It's not exactly. a set list. You True. Know, so True. these are all like Adam Mitchell songs, too. And oh, yeah, right. we right. love Adam. And yeah. We talk to him every night. I was actually I just emailed him earlier today um, and we were talking about some of his songs and stuff. And uh, this is his first kind of experience with Paul and you guys yep. and kind of get into the Kiss family. And so I think these songs and the songwriting and, you know, Bob involvement in it. Kind of yes. Interesting. I'm glad you told me that because Adam and I got very close. Uh, Eric stuff. Pleasure to get to close to him, especially over Eric's yeah. music. And we, we, we still keep in touch, of course. And Eric, I mean, I mean, you know, without Adam and the three of us, it wouldn't have been the same in rockology. Boy, that. Yeah. Things sold like gangbusters when the record store day and thank you yes. all the fans that supported that. It's wonderful. But oh, yeah. um, Adam Mitchell is such a key, key, another one of the key players that, that contribute to the success of Kiss, along with the people like 
Michael James Jackson, which was a real tragedy losing him, of course. Yes. Um, and and people like Bob Ezra and, and so forth, as you know. Yeah. Like a Vinnie Ponce is real important too, but I worked oh, totally. so minimally with him. I, I don't have a lot of a connection, but Adam, right. Ezrin, and Michael, even though Michael never produced me, we were we were friends and hung out a lot on, especially on the cruise. And we used to hook up sometimes in LA when I lived there. And I was devastated when when he passed away. And uh Adam, Adam and I spoke quite a bit about that. But yeah. let's go to the best, the the song that really stands out, which is No oh, Way to Run. Bruce, this is by far one of the greatest deep cut songs that Kiss fans just adore. And to me, that easily could have been on Paul's solo record and it would have been oh, a standout no doubt, there too. No doubt. But that's great uh, Bob riffs, overbends, thematic yep. playing, plays out in the end. And I know when we went into it, on the cruise, everybody lost their mind. I know it. You yes, know. they did. And it's just anytime Paul's singing something that, that he holds it out, nowhere to run. You know what I mean? It's just, <laughs> yeah. here you are. You're in Kiss Nirvana. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, and and what can I say? Um, clearly a standout on Killers for the original stuff. Clearly. Without so a doubt. I have that of all the albums. I think we only have like three more, four more albums to review. Yeah. That is currently song number two for me. Wow. I... Absolutely. I think that's just off the charts and it's such a deep cut hearing anytime you guys or kiss or anybody, any version of it I can find. I love it. It's such a incredible song. I mean, we've already gone through all the incredible songs of Bob, except for one left that I know of. Yep. And that is probably one of my favorite tracks off creatures of the night. Mm-hmm. And that's the next one. And that's danger. He mentioned that he had some, and we don't, from what I understand, I don't even know if his version or his help or, you know, his contribution to the song made it onto the album because I don't see it in any credits or anything. He's like not, that. he's not, he's not credited but at all. He did talk about that. I think he played on it and maybe yeah. they put somebody else on it afterwards yeah. or something. But his contribution to Danger, if you want to talk about that song. Yeah, I do want to talk about it because it's fascinating to me because it's, boy, isn't it fun when you find out uh, something you weren't aware of and it's important or it's kind of, you know, it's another layer of that onion that you keep peeling in Mm -hmm. someone's career or it's pieces of the puzzle that are just like, oh, that feels good to know that. So it was brought to my attention. Uh, and it was this year, actually, that Michael James Jackson in the liner notes talks about Bob's involvement with Creatures of the Night. Mm. Now, my closeness with my brother obviously gave me that access to him coming home, bragging, complaining, or, <laughs> but, you know, it was it, it ran the gamut, of course. Why, yeah. why wouldn't it, right? And in this case, Creatures was not a good experience for him. He went in there thinking that he would play on the, you know, at least a lot of the record, if not the whole record. Yeah. And he came home with his tail tucked between his legs. Oh, now, that sucks. Why? I know at some point I would have asked either Michael or Paul, more likely Paul. Uh, and I think he felt he knew better or they were being extremely picky about everything. And Bob was maybe in a state where I did a live too. I did your solo record. I know, you know what I mean? I, I know my brother pretty well, and I could tell that there could have been. I've worked with enough other musicians too that they're 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 so walking into a wall. There's no wall here. There's no wall. They just keep going. 
They walk mm-hmm. right into the wall, but there's no wall there to them. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Bob probably couldn't play good session guy. Okay. And came home. Huh, I don't, you know, I guess they didn't, whatever. So my whole, whatever that year that was recorded to the present, as far as I'm concerned, he was not on that record at all. And it wasn't something to brag about. Right. Mm. Yeah. Then I, I, uh, my friend Michael shares with me this guy Michael Edwards who does a lot of my, uh, you know, graphic arts and things and a sure. big archivist in the Kiss world. He shares with me, look, look what Michael said. He took a, a, a photo of it and sends me what's in the book, the deluxe, deluxe book of creatures. Yeah. I love yeah. creatures, but yeah. I'm not necessarily spending two hundred dollars on the deluxe, deluxe, or three hundred dollars, <laughs> whatever it is, you know. <laughs> so uh, I read it and I go like, holy shit, I got to go to this song. Okay, I pull up Danger, I start listening to it. I was so freaked out by what I heard and what he wrote. So he explains in the song that the original key was changed. Bob did get a stab at it, but then we kind of were able to salvage some of what he played and use some of it. It's so easy to change the key. Even back then they knew tricks to, to uh, manipulate. So let's say you're in one key and suddenly you're in another key. You could probably take uh, things and and fly it in and make Mm -hmm. it work. So to me, and I played it for Todd again today over my my phone when we were working. And I remember sharing it with those guys because uh, we always have a group text together called the you know the mob text, I call it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you know, we, we share goofy things from yeah. – it could be the silliest joke or it could be – Oh, uh, we know oh, what yeah. you're talking about. Oh, you know, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So I remember saying, like, you got to listen to this. I, I swear Bob starts the solo at 3 minutes, 20 seconds. Check it out. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. And, and I'm positive, knowing my brother's playing – Unless, and I, you know, yeah, Vinny's alive, and I think the other part is Vinny. So Vinny could say whether or not what one was or not. But I, I'd rather go with my instinct that that's my brother that starts that solo, and Michael kind of says it in in that. And now we can't ask Michael James Jackson to clarify, of course. But I think Bob played on Danger, and and probably not his like nowhere near his whole performances on it. Just like four bars, maybe, maybe a little longer. And there it is, but and then all of a sudden you could tell I know by the style of riffs that it's someone like a Vinnie Vincent or a Rick Derringer or somebody yeah. different. It's yeah. not my brother because it's a certain chromatic style of playing that I know Vinnie is great at, that my brother would not have chosen those notes, but the overband and the intro and a couple of the phrases sounds like my brother. So thank you for putting it on the list. Yeah. Because again, it connected the dots of that story that I read. That that yeah. again, one of my big you know, friends who was an archivist, you know, shared with me that I didn't know. And it once again puts all the pieces of the puzzle together that mm-hmm. that that I would hope that Bob knew it. And I hope he wasn't as hurt about it, because I remember at the time when they didn't go with his his time in the studio, he did feel bad about it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I wish I knew more about working with Kiss to say to him, you know, Bob, give tell them to give you one more shot that you want to be session yeah. guy. But but I'm sure Bob was in that mode that he was so yeah. like 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 hyped up on what he felt Kiss should be that that maybe he didn't want right. to be produced okay but look at the magic on Paul's record mm-hmm. and I'm positive that Paul worked with him you know yeah. and those guys you know they, they don't put up with nonsense from anybody if anybody you know they they'll roll their eye and they're just next you, you know what I mean why yeah. should they you know right. what I mean. Right, they're kissed and they know it, and they have the power to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's why no one's gonna, even though you know they'll cover their tracks and 
maybe not say, uh, well, because you're not playing ball with us. You know what I mean? They just say like, all right, Bob, cool, okay. And then that's it. They don't call him back. And then they go to the next. I mean, who would ever think Robin Ford would be on a Kiss record? I blow away some of the guys in Grand Funk because they know some of these other players. And they're not Kiss fans. And I'll go like, oh, yeah, Robin Ford's playing the solo and I still love you. What? You know, because one of my friends is a big, the the keyboard player Tim is a big uh, Robin Ford fan. He loves jazz fusion and and Robin can play anything on the guitar. Steve Ferris, Mr. Mr. You know, Yacht Rock Joy. You know what I mean? You you know what I mean? And yet he plays this killer solo for Creatures of the Night. Who Mm -hmm. would know? You know? So and I I had a lot of fun interpreting his solo for when I had to play yes, creatures. You you killed know. it. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I made it my own, and that was one of the joys of my twelve years. Was I was never told. I was given some tapes that said, "Here's you know some of what Ace played, and here's some of what Vinny played." But we want you to play what's right for the song. Just just do your best. And I never really got uh, directed uh, a micro tune to play exact. You know, but I I always had a good instinct for that. Which yeah. is why I work well in other projects and Grand Funk and other things because I, I never want to destroy the essence of a song. I want to take what they did, what's the theme of the song, make it a bit my own, but the signature riffs have to be there. They got to be there. Mm. You know? And agree. and I'll give you one other thing that proved it. When Bob and I did the Meatloaf uh, tour, there was long rehearsals for that. Dual guitar playing. My brother was not the kind of guy who wanted to copy and learn note for note certain things. He just mm-hmm. had his thing and he did it great. And I remember I was like, oh my God, Todd Rungren, listen to these riffs, you know, because it's only Todd Rungren playing. And okay. Todd is a monster lead player. He just yep. is. He loved Eric Clapton. Eric gave him a guitar. George Harrison knew him. They all knew him. You know, what I mean, yep. uh, uh, you know, he was just like, I think George, you know, but I knew Todd, uh, I knew that Eric knew him. Anyway, I'm learning the solo in Bad Out of Hell, right? So I'm doing all the stuff that was classic Todd, which is hard. You know, mm-hmm. I remember the manager who could be really uh, difficult. Uh, he came over to me. He goes like, really loved you learn Todd's parts. That was great. They all loved my brother. Don't get me wrong. But Bob had fun in that band doing what, what the way he wanted to interpret that album. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, I, yep. and I got the dirty work. You know what I mean? You know, yeah. where I, I had to dig in and learn it. But then l- look at how the, uh, the irony of, Years later, me me honoring and celebrating his fantastic, you, you know, um, relationship to Kiss and studying his riffs now and going fuck and spending an hour on one <laughs> on, on on a couple of riffs in a in a in in, in a verse. You know what I mean? Yeah. That yeah. I, I just wanted to get every nuance and knowing our DNA was similar. You know what I mean? I always felt I could do it better and better. And in the end, he won. You know, he I could never play larger than life like him. I could never do every riff and goodbye like him. I could get close, you know, but mm-hmm. but he just had a unique uh, approach that um, I, I hope he, he knows. I know the fans know the contribution, but I hope he knows it in heaven. You know what it what it was, what he what he did for the for these this body of work for Kiss Beautiful. and other artists. Beautiful. How many people got to tell me? Crimson Idol, best wasp song, best album ever, you know. And Blackie Lois was so out of out of out of his mind when Bob passed away. Yeah. Um, so look, he made his mark, you know. Um, and I, I know he didn't always believe it towards the end, or he believed it in a um in a way that wasn't healthy, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But um his his what he left behind, nobody can uh, argue with. You know, it was all brilliant. Perfectly said. Yeah, I mean 
it's amazing. So, you know, what an honor for Tom and I to sit here and have the capability to be like, so what do you think about this danger? Is that bo-? and and yeah. go to the source <laughs> yeah. and have Bruce Kulik be like, yeah, I can tell that that beginning part, my gut tells me that's my brother. My opinions, it sounds yeah. like it. Yeah. To yeah. me, you yeah. just saying this and us having the ability to ask you is one of the most surreal moments that's ever happened oh, good. in my life it, as a music it, fan. It's an honor, Bruce. This, and to have you just talk about the music of Bob and Kiss and the music that you've contributed to all our lives. Because, you know, anybody listening to this, is not uh, listening to us because they are fans of Madonna. They're fans of Kiss. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. And and and, and this, this is, is great. Incredible. Your take as as super fans, you know. And and yet, I love that you guys are honest. When when you think a song's a dog, you say it. You know. So I got <laughs> I give you guys a lot of credit for that. And and here we are celebrating, um, you know, what he did. And and uh, and and it's the right time. It, maybe a year ago would have been too soon. Yeah. But, sure. but it's the right time, and I'm really, really happy about that. And I also wanted to mention, you know, I've always been sensitive about, you know, um, Bob's, you know, like how I'm celebrating his stuff, and this is perfect. But on on a note that because there's a certain merch item that I'm finally offering, but I haven't talked about it, so I give you okay. guys kind of the exclusive. Nice. Okay. Some of the fans out there know that I I uh, I was approached by this this guy who was really talented with making graphics of my guitars, actually putting them on T-shirts. And yep. and uh and and pillows, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The fans that got them love them. They're really fun. No, there isn't my you know, it's not a giant Bruce Kulik on it. There isn't a, a kiss logo, of course. There isn't, but it's it's my guitars and and stuff. And of course, he did some for Bob's instruments, the race car looking uh car, you know, car guitar from ESP, and he mm-hmm. did one for the skull uh on the Picard guitar which was very well known he did he did stuff on uh quite a few performances and live with with different people mm-hmm. so all the money for those two items i i wanted to think about it and i talked with aaron the guy who came up with and it's called guitar nut tees all this yep. stuff's on my website and also that will take you right to his site so you're not really even buying it from yeah uh, com. but 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 all the money and i had a, a big discussion with lisa about it we knew that bob and Stella were both big animal lovers. Okay. Mm-hmm. They, 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 they would feed the squirrels. They bring in any wounded animal. He didn't even want to kill a, a, a bug, a mosquito. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, it, but he was even kind to, you know, any creature. Okay. He was sometimes kindest to the creatures, if you know what I mean, between the yeah. cats and dogs. And, and we decided we picked, we wanted to be local because Bob did have over, you know, five, six years here in Las Vegas. So we know of a great, um, uh, organization here that takes care of all kinds of animals called Barn Buddies, mm. and they have a nice. great charity and a, and a dear friend of mine who's uh, the big rock radio girl here on uh, the Point ninety seven point one, Lark Williams. She loves this. She's always volunteering for Barn Buddies. So I reached out to her and I said, "All right, these guys are good, right? Because I want all the pillow yeah. and t shirt money. If anyone buys something with Bob's iconic guitars on them, that all the money Aaron knows to send it to." you know, the barn buddies. And she said, no, they're great. They're great. Thank you so much. This yeah. is wonderful. So now I'll make a mention of it. Once I know your podcast is out there, because again, you know, um, I think, I think that, 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 that connects the dots again for, for Bob with his legacy, knowing what an animal lover he was. So, wonderful. Amazing. That's, 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 that's an incredible. Awesome Bruce. To your brother, buddy. That's, that's great. awesome. Yep. Well, I mean, uh, one last thing I wanted to kind of see if that we can get out of you. Okay. 
we've got 18 songs here. Do you have favorites? Well, Goodbye certainly is one of my favorites. And yeah. probably uh, anything I did on that cruise would have been because, you know, the you know, the great thing about having a killer band is everybody's got great ideas. But it's the great thing is when you're the leader, which, <laughs> is, you know, Gene was the leader of his gig. You know what I mean? Because we threw things at him. Brent and I tried to manipulate him in a way, you know, yeah. the buck stops with the with the with the, the name on the marquee. It's, it's going to be Gene Simmons. <laughs> in my case, it was Bruce Gillick. So in my case. I don't care how much they wanted to rally for a song or not. Um, wouldn't you like to know me? Amazing. Goodbye. Naked City. Uh, again, some of these were new things for me. Nowhere to run. Had to be done. You know what yep. I mean? Nice. Yep. <laughs> now that I realize how much Bob did on Mr. Speed, I could have, we could have done that and I could have played all the Bob riffs. You know what right, I mean? Right. Oh, how cool right. is that? Yep. But uh, no doubt, you know, uh, Large in Life and Amer- All American Man. Tonight you're born. It's just, it's just this killer stuff. But if it was going to be, you know, like one, it would be, or two, it would be larger than life and, and, and goodbye. Those things wow. are just incredible. But again, everyone's got their own favorites and it's yes. never really about that. I got, you know, nearly, uh, threatened for my life over choosing God gave rock and roll ah, or, or no. damn, you know. <laughs> Don't listen you to it? don't listen to the handful of lunatic yeah, fans yeah, that we yeah. have. It's okay. It's not even a kiss song. What do you mean it's not a kiss song? <laughs> oh, it was we get that hit, you know. all the time from people like I know, uh, I know. How are your fans? Are your kiss fans a little crazy? Like some of the kids were like, don't Look, worry. Don't our, ask our guys. Yeah. You, you know. gotta respect their passion though. So but but True. everyone should know. I mean, in in it, there's one thing about you know, look, we all deal with a lot of complicated things, you know, you know, between inflation and politics. And there's always yeah. things dealing with. OK, but, you know, you can discuss music, but please don't argue over it. In a, in a yes. Crazy way. Well yeah. said. And, 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 you know, because it's such a um, you know, it's, it's subjective. Let's face it. There, I, yeah. have, I have friends that love, you know, Norwegian death metal. You know what I mean? And I can't listen to that. OK. Yep. You know, and some of them are fans of mine, you know what I mean? So go figure. Right. Yeah. But but the point is, music's for everyone. It's a gift. Thank God we all could get these wonderful emotions. I could literally cry from a musician or a song. I could be so moved just from hearing, you know, uh, uh, music notes. I don't have to. I, I, I see Lisa knows I could see. Uh, sometimes I see a video in my head from just a song or I see like how someone would dance to something, you know, music is just, uh, it's life. It's, it's joy. And it's such a, one of the really biggest gifts that we have as human beings. So fighting over it's stupid makeup, no makeup, who sang it, who did it, but it's all bullshit. Give me a fucking break. You know, we have fun with that Bruce all the time. We always give everybody a hard time about the, Hey, it's fake. Ace. like, throw up. You don't like it. Don't listen. Why do you care? Just it's whatever. But the one last thing I want to leave you with is if you decide to throw Mr. Speed in, can you please do it as Bob's demo sounds? You know, that's the way I would do it. It's the only way I would do it. Yeah. And I swear before this podcast and you're, you're showing me the list. So I'd be prepared. I, I knew he was he was involved on some things, but I thought it was just Naked City. I didn't even realize. I go, what's Mr. Speed doing on the on yep. this list? Yep. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, Bruce, what a uh, that's a perfect way to end. And you're thanking us. We can't thank you. This has been just been beyond incredible, amazing. We love you. We've always loved you, Bruce. I mean, if it's possible to love you even more for spending time and honoring your brother with this amazing tribute with some of our favorite songs from a great era. We can't thank you enough, Bruce. It's always amazing having you on. Thank you so much for giving us your time and your thoughts and all this. It's, it's amazing. 
My pleasure. And of course, brucekulik.com. That's where they can find out about those pillows and t-shirts by my brother yep. and my YouTube channel. All the links are there. If if anyone's, you know, and again, if you want to, what wouldn't be bad is you guys make a mention of that where they could watch that. You, I don't know. Someone's got it. Sure. Okay. The, the YouTube of the Bob tribute performed by Todd Kearns, Brent Fitz, Zach Throne, and myself. Yep. Do not miss that, including the 2017 concert that, you know, was done with my brother. Yep. Okay. That was magic. And then of course my video that uh, the tribute, the loving tribute to my brother's career, where yep. a lot of people, I didn't know that, you know, lately Imagine I've been sharing some old stuff of my career that people go, good rats. You played in the good rats. What? Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. I Andrew saw that Drew? today. Saw that yeah. post today. Yeah. So yeah. you see what I mean? I, and I think it's great that people kind of connect the dots with everything where Bob, you know, came from. And, and, and that's why that video was such a joy. And, and, Lisa and I realized there was we couldn't get to all of it because I didn't want it to be more than twenty minutes. I didn't. I really didn't have the energy, time, or ability to. to, yeah. to but it probably could have been an hour documentary yeah. of his career. But either way, it served its purpose and shared um, uh, the wealth of uh, you know projects that he was involved with and the bands that he performed in. So thank you guys again. Uh, I love the the Kiss community. Thank you for all the Kiss fans. Keep in touch, and uh, we'll do this again about another fun subject. I'm sure. Absolutely, Bruce. Thank you so Great. much. Uh, Bruce okay. Kulik. Thank you again, Bruce. All right. Cheers. Incredible interview. More than we could have ever expected. Bruce came prepared. Uh, we talked about this list of songs, obviously, prior to him coming onto the show. So he gave him time to prepare some notes and some research and some data, as we did, too. It was really nice for us to give Bruce this platform to pay tribute to his brother and to talk about these songs that we all love. And I'll be honest with you, you guys have listened to the show long enough, an era of kiss that me and Zeus love 77, 82, that sweet spot of kiss where a lot of interesting things happened. Bob was right there in the thick of it. And just the love that Bruce has for his brother and, and talking about these songs and playing them, talking about how difficult some of them were and crediting Bob's ability and talent. It was just a really exceptional interview. Yeah. The, the uh, depth of the conversation and how detailed Bruce got. Yeah. The, the facts that he, he dropped the opinion, the analysis. No one knows this stuff better than Bruce Mm -hmm. to talk about the style and that amazing tidbit where he's like mentioning the album Creatures of the Night in Danger. And Bruce is like, I can't say for sure, but that beginning of that solo sounds like my brother Bob. He knows that the beginning sound. And then yep. afterwards, it's somebody different. It's probably Vinny. But those first couple notes, and then he dug into the Creatures box it to get more information and stuff that he didn't know. And from his expert analysis and his theory, and Tom and I were kind of just like, Dude, I asked Bruce Kulik directly about yeah. a song that's one of my favorites, and I get to ask him. Yep. It's insane. Yep. Um, yeah, we 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 you know, Bruce has become a friend of the show, and uh we try not to fanboy with him, but he is so incredible with his time to the KISS fans mm-hmm. and the KISS community, and he saved this, no offense, for us. Mm-hmm. He's not doing the circuit with this yeah. conversation. He wanted to do it the right way and he shared it with us. And when I say us, I'm not saying Tom and I, 
I'm right. saying loudcasters. Mm-hmm. This show, this audience, Bruce decided to do that here to get this emotional, you know, topic discussed about his brother, the, his brother's incredible contribution to Kiss. And he came on our show to do this. And we couldn't, we were blown away. At some point in yeah. the middle of the conversation, I'm texting Tom, like, are you fucking believing this? Like, yeah. How awesome this is going. You know, we, you can have interviews with people. It just gets cold or boring, things like that. Not Bruce. Yeah. It was incredible. And, and then to top all that incredible information and, and, and topic and discussion, he then drops that he, he's maybe thinking about making like a BK4 album and potentially dropping recordings of rehearsals he had with his brother, Bob. Things like that. Just incredible stuff. I mean, again, you guys love Bruce. We love Bruce. Him coming on and taking the time and and putting so much care and energy. And as I said earlier, uh, what a tribute to his brother. Um, talking about an era of Kiss that we love, you know, the, that side four of Alive 2, Paul's solo album, Killers, just what what a what a great interview and, and i mean if you couldn't love bruce more i mean my goodness and he also dropped the third piece of news was that he's doing the those guitar shirts that he's been doing for himself he's doing yes. them now for bob that's right with you know pro, proceeds going to one of bob's favorite charities mm-hmm. that's the third thing he dropped with us yeah but a couple of like personal things that i loved hearing is him going into details about Mr. Speed demo with us. Hmm. I, you guys know how much I brag about how much I love that. And with the different version and hearing Bruce analyze that and break that down. One of the greatest mm-hmm. thrills I've ever had on this show. In addition to that stuff, like me selling, telling Bruce. Yeah. I mean, I remember Bob saying in interviews, you know, ain't quite right. That kind of guitar playing Ace Fraley can't do that. Mm-hmm. And Bob was like, I mean, excuse me. And Bruce was like, yeah, that's true. But did you ever hear Ace do this in night? Uh, was it a hundred thousand years in 75? Bob can't do that. I can't right. do that. Like right. he was so gracious about it. It's like, yeah. And, and he, Bruce, uh, Bruce is always the constant professional. He's not putting anybody down to lift himself up and he's giving his brother so much praise, but without taking it away from Ace. Yeah, And it just shows you what a class act Bruce is. And overall, it just endears him to me, to the Kiss fans, even more. Yeah. And even including that that little conversation we had at the beginning about Bob's audition with Kiss that where when Ace kind of took the took that, you know, the role as lead guitarist, just that that little bit of an insight. Um, yeah, just great. Said great, great. Yeah. Just great stuff. Great stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I may even differ from him. I may think that I think Bob would have been just fine and kiss and kiss would have been just fine with him, but he's like, no, Ace was, uh, you know, and that that's probably an easier thing to him to say because it's his brother, but no, Uh, that's why Bruce is just the greatest. Uh, Again, people, I, I I can't, I'm so happy. We got this uh, conversation and that you guys got a chance to listen to it. We hope that you guys are, as thrilled or and entertained and amazed as we are about this. Yes. Uh, Bruce it was all, this was all Bruce. Just yep. incredible. Yep. All right, Tom, what we do next is we go to question 
of the week. You got any? Yeah, we got a question from one of our new Patreons, Nicola Cassieri. Oh, Nick. Starts off. This is topical. Hey, guys. <laughs> so I had to read this for, for a couple of reasons. He says, hey, guys, he sent this to us today while on the road to Pittsburgh to see quarantine tonight. Ooh. I re- I revisited Asylum. Then I find your review of it. Just wondering, did quarantine's cover of Love's a Deadly Weapon change your opinion of the song at all, either positively or negatively? I would say it improved uh, my liking of the song, probably because it had nowhere to go but up. I think I would- that's as funny as that is. I think it's perfect. <laughs> I think it's perfectly stated because, Nick, I'll be honest with you. I thought that song was I, I, I thought it was really it was not my style of kiss and going back and listening to their version and then going back and listening to the kiss asylum version i i like it now i've 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 grown to appreciate it yeah and no offense to our friend west beach of the plasmatic no 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 uh, not at all but yeah i wasn't a big fan of that no but then again he's not a fan of a lot of our music either so sorry yeah. wes yeah but i'll be honest with you nick and i have a greater appreciation for all the songs that quarantine has done i mean no 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 it was okay, but then hearing them do it, I'm like, oh yeah, this song kind of kicks ass. Just the quarantine, and that's what I love about it, they're digging deep, deep undercover, yeah, for uh for all these songs. So yeah, to answer your question, yes, their version improved my enjoyment of the of the original. Great question, Nick. Tom, tell people where they can find us. Always the website, shoutoutloudcast.com. That's where you can find all of our episodes. Shout it out Loudcast, Album Review Crew, Dorm Damage, Zeppelin Chronicles. There's also links to our Patreon, links to our merch, links to our Amazon store, uh, links to all of our social media. You can send us messages directly through the website. You can comment on episodes directly on the website. So that's the best place to go. Start right there. Uh, and if you want to send us a message via our email, you can do that too. It's shoutoutloudcast at gmail.com. We read every single email that comes our way, and we try to get to all of them during the show. So please do that. And of course, our social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, please check us out. And again, a huge, huge thanks to everybody in our Patreon family, but especially our new members, Joseph, Trent, and Mike. We can't thank you guys enough. Amazing. And we always like to mention that we are a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network of Music Shows. Yeah, Tom, I always tell people they can DM us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, YouTube channel is constantly growing. We're putting more and more stuff up there. So make sure you check that out and subscribe. And give us one of those five-star child reviews on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Facebook, Podchaser, wherever you can give a five-star review, please do so. And when you do, we usually read them on the air and make sure we give you a shout-out. Uh, I always like to repeat the email, uh, shout it out loudcast at gmail.com, shout it out loudcast at gmail.com, and our awesome website, shout it out loudcast.com, shout it out loudcast.com. Go there. You can get all your merch, your Amazon store, the um, rankings, uh, all the episodes. Anything you can think of is right there on the website. We love it when you take a look around and see what you like. Again, shout it out loudcast.com. What we usually do is we end with famous last words. Tom, do you got any? Oh, of course. Are you ready to rock, babe? She saw me coming for miles. So let me see what you got, 
Because, darling, you'll be driving me wild. Are you ready to rock? She's all right. (laughs) All right. In the morning, moving easy, everything seems so right. But when the night comes, I've been dreaming, dreaming about leaving you one more time. Bruce Kulik, Tom, Loudcasters, Kiss Army, thank you. Bruce Kulik, we can't thank you enough, my friend. Thank you for an incredible interview, an amazing episode. Everybody out there, Loudcasters, Patreons, everybody, thank you guys. Zeus, as always, my friend, thank you. Peace out, Girl Scout. Why? Because I'm a nice guy. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com. Code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.